Okay guys, let's see if I can get through the intro this time without stuttering or stumbling over my words. Welcome to episode 2 of Exploding Heads Horror Podcast. I'm Dave Z and I'm joined by the man whose favorite Christmas special is South Park's Christmas in Canada. <laughs> mostly, mostly because he loves the song, There's No Canada Like French Canada. And his name is Christian. What's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going, everybody? Glad to be back. And for episode two, I'm excited. Yeah. That's there my you intro. Go. Enthusiasm personified. Excellent. Okay. We are also joined by the man whose life mission is to write and direct the first Hanukkah horror movie titled Dreidel, Eight Days of Death. He's the man they call Brandon. What's up, man? <laughs> What's going on? How'd you know that was my dream? Hey, man, I know everything about you already. <laughs> there are not enough Hanukkah-themed horror films. In fact, there aren't any, I don't think. Yes, why? That's, uh, seriously. <laughs> I don't know. I think we're a sensitive people. Oh, man. What about Santa Slay? There was that one scene in Santa Slay where they used the, um, and pardon me, pardon my ignorance for not knowing the name of the, the candle holder, but they used uh, that. Uh, the menorah? The menorah. That yeah. was used in a scene. So yes. there's something to build on, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, I don't know, there really could, should be. Could you call it a Hanukkah horror story, or would you have to call it a holiday horror story? Aha! <laughs> Segway, yeah. Right, exactly, <laughs> we'll get to that, right. Sorry, I'm Segway. jumping the gun, very excited. Oh, yes. I just came in my pants, actually, just oh, for nice. you both. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, yeah. alright, well, I'll, I'll be joining you soon. Yeah. Just <laughs> I don't know why I feel the need to tell everybody that, but yeah. This is the place you can do that. You can't do that when you're at work. You can't do that, you know, in front of your family. And so on this on this podcast, you can do that. So be happy. <laughs> this is a safe place. Yes, this is a safe place. I so yeah, Thank yeah. You. Hey, man. Of course. So today what we're doing we're going to continue our format of an old movie and a new movie, but this time we have a twist, a predictable twist. But hey, we're a new show, so we're, we're not we're going to play a little safe here, you know. But what we're going to do is cover the very first Christmas horror movie, which is 1972's Silent Night, Bloody Night, and this year's creatively named A Christmas Horror Story. We didn't get to see Krampus. Well, I did, but they didn't, so we can't talk about it. So I'm lying a little bit. Not Not the brand new Christmas horror movie, but close enough. That's what we have today. I hope you guys are excited about it, and I hope it goes smooth, and I hope I don't stutter and stumble, like I said before. So yeah, uh, you guys ready to get into the uh, the first movie, or do you got some other bullshit? No, I'm ready to go. Let's uh, let's, yeah, let's jump in. Let's do it. Okay, we're, let's do, jump. we're doing non-spoilers again? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll continue that. We'll do non-spoiler, and it'll be labeled just like the last show. And yes, we'll do non-spoiler first. And with, with the old movie this week, you know, it's not that big of an issue with spoilers, but we'll still do the best we can. And then we have the thing at the end, which we'll 
it'll be considered spoilers. So, so as as always, we'll start with the old movie first. Uh, Brandon, do you have the specs for the uh, for Silent yeah. Bloody Night? Oh, okay. prepared. Gotta love them. Okay, Silent Night, Bloody Night. Alternate title: Night of the Dark Full Moon. A man inherits a mansion which once was a mental hospital. He visits the place and begins to investigate some crimes that happened in old times, scaring the people living in the region. This one's directed by Theodore Gershuni. 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 Close enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if I butchered his name, I apologize, but that's yeah, close enough. I don't think he's alive anymore. I'm... Yeah, no, he died eight years ago. Wow, holy shit, this guy does his homework. Okay, wow. <laughs> I have IMDb open right now. I'm not like like the rain man of horror movies. No, I, I think you just are like 20, 20, 21, 20. Like you have yeah, it yeah, all right yeah. on the top of your head. Yeah, 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 definitely eight years ago. Yeah, <laughs> def- def- definitely eight years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Seven, eight, 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 nine, nine, eight. It's eight. It's eight. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, that's enough making fun of autistic people for this episode. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We better, yeah. Yeah, try not to offend too many uh, this show. Yeah, we'll wait for now, episode three. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, we're, we're slowly building to that, you know? <laughs> get everybody comfortable, and slowly but surely, you know, our real personalities will come out more and more, and <laughs> hopefully people still want to listen. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Now, this movie, I've noticed that it says 1974 some places, but it says 72 other places, and I, I did the research on that. It was filmed in 72. Bottom line is this. It came first. That I know. It was the first one. Now, the other day, Brandon, you were there, and uh, JP Mm -hmm. said something about another movie called Santa Claus from the 60s that was supposedly a horror movie before this. I looked. I couldn't find it, so... I looked, too. I couldn't find it, but then again, I couldn't even remember the title, he said, so... (laughs) Was it Santa Claus? Uh, That's what I remember. Oh, that's a hard title to remember, Brandon. I know. (laughs) I'm Jewish. I, I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> never, never heard of never, him. Never heard of him. Set up, set up. Never heard of him until this week watching these movies. I'm like, who are they talking about? What? Yeah, who is this? <laughs> Who's this S. Claus? Well, I, I heard or I read, funny that you said said that, Dave. I read that this was filmed in 1970, but it was like not officially released until like November range of 72. You know what? I, I, I did read November 72. I may have been wrong. And it was filmed in 70 and released 72, not filmed in 72 November. So I think, see, good thing. We, we do have the right trio here. Yes. I think I think we can all agree that it looks like it was filmed in uh, 1870. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Through a sock filter, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Like, talk about the, some of the muddiest looking cinematography uh, I've seen in a long time. I mean, we could say it's a low budget movie, but it wasn't like two hundred ninety five thousand dollars in seventy seventy two. I mean, come on. It what does that translate to today? About a hundred eighty million. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. give or take, give, give or, or take, yeah, give or one hundred seventy eight million. <laughs> give or take. Yeah, it, it was a budget. Yeah, that's for sure. I I'll tell you, the copy I saw was really shitty. It's Ooh. an old one and. It was filled with like pops, and, and oh, yeah. it was just really. And uh, apparently, this is really hard to track down in uh, to get a hard copy of it. That's what I heard too. It, it looks like it was one of those made for the grindhouse feature. It was everything that those movies were mocking, uh, but it, yet this is the real McCoy. 
the scratches, the pops, as you say, the muddy, the cinematography. Like, I mean, did it just open? Literally, I think we just slam cut to that girl walking toward the house. Diane, the main character. Yeah. yeah. Narrating. Like, yes. Narrating. <laughs> and we talk about, oh, some sloppy storytelling. But hey, yeah. we'll, we'll get into that. Just crazy. <laughs> I actually bought the best available copy there was. I did some research and they said uh, Film Chest to release the best available copy. So I picked that up on Black Friday for like six bucks and you know it looked pretty good throughout but there were times where it was just like what is going on well yeah they didn't have a very good source i think that was the best so i read about that too i think that's the best source available but yeah. ultimately uh well it fell i think it fell into public domain and mm-hmm. so really i mean you can i think you can watch it for free on youtube because of course being in public domain means there's no copyright infringement and you're welcome to post it and enjoy it oh free. nice yeah well, now people listening that haven't seen it, they, they, they know where they can find it if it's on YouTube. That's great. And again, I, everything I heard, I mean, it was uh, like a drive-in, kind of drive-in theater fodder in 72, uh, and then it just disappeared thereafter. And I guess it made a comeback in the late 70s, early 80s on the Elvira's movie Macabre show. Yep, that's what I had read too. Wow. Well, well I think it's a real shame that, that this movie's hard to track down and that it it's really been underexposed as far as I'm concerned. I This is the first time I've seen it. Same uh, here. Same here. I, honestly, I wish I'd seen it years before because it's a good movie, I think. And, I mean, we're, we're going to get into it, but I think it's something that should be seen. I don't think it's it should be hard to track down. It's one of those movies that, like, wow, I mean, I'm not going to get into the whole Black Christmas thing. But <laughs> everybody knows Black Christmas, and very few people know this, and... I'm not going to go on record and say one's better than the other or anything like that. I'm just going to say that there's an argument to be made, I think. Oh, it almost seems like Bob Clark saw this and said, ha, no one else is going to see this thing, and then made Black Christmas. <laughs> Thank you. I was, yes, I think that as well, with the, with the POV and the phone calls. The whisper, oh, and some of the creepiest things, to be totally honest, is the whispering killer. Like, Prom Night ripped that part off. No question. Like, it will almost, Prom Night's Whispering Killer almost sounds identical to Silent Night, Bloody Night's Whispering Killer, which is single-handedly, in my opinion, the scariest thing in this film. Just the way the killer talks. It is scary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it definitely is scary. It's it's also something, I think they did that in Jallos as well. I, I can definitely recall Argeno uh, doing that. Maybe I'm getting my facts mixed up. I shouldn't be with Argeno. But it's possible I'm wrong, but I, I know that he's done that thing with a creepy phone call. Now, Brandon, you know a lot about our general as I do. Is it, was that something that we saw in in Bird or so, or, or uh, in the Animal Trilogy, or am I? It was, it, just it, was in, it was in I think a bunch of his films. To be honest, I just can't. That I could buy, but I'm trying to figure out where it where it appeared first. You want to say it definitely happened in the Animal Trilogy? I believe it happened at the end of Bird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I believe, you know, the killer on the phone was whispering. And that was 68? You know, that was... That was 70. Yeah, okay. 70. Uh, and this was filmed supposedly in 72. But yeah, I mean, well, it, it definitely tore a page right out of uh, Italian Jallo uh, horror films. I mean, you had the killer with the black gloves, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. The first thing I thought of when I saw that was, oh, okay, awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, familiar territory looks great. You love seeing the killer with the gloves. Absolutely. And, you know, getting back to last week, I forgot to mention that. Now, I don't, I'm going by memory. I haven't listened yet. But I remember we were talking about Black Christmas and POV and things like that yeah. and, and movies that had appeared prior. And they definitely used POV in Jallos. 
and uh, not just Argeno, Bava, Blood and Black Lace, and, and other ones. So that was something that had been happening prior to, obviously prior to Black Christmas, but I'm just saying last week we discussed it, and for whatever reason, I don't think I brought that up. I think we talked about different movies, but whatever. I'm not trying to bash Black Christmas again, please. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> no. Don't but- get me wrong. I do, st- I do enjoy it, uh, but that's another conversation. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's more like mainstream to me. It's it was aimed for a mainstream type audience where a movie like this is is more low key. This is more well I'll tell you what Lloyd Kaufman it was it was an associate producer. Yeah. Yep. Took, right? <laughs> Drama. <laughs> right. Yep. What the fuck that took me by surprise. I didn't know Lloyd Kaufman was doing anything in 1972. But uh I'll tell you what's funny. The opening scene with the guy on fire. I was laughing. Oh fuck. Yeah. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Right? I was like, what the... Like, I thought you guys had, uh, had seen this movie before, and I'm like, what have they gotten me into? Because <laughs> it, it did not start well. Like, if I happened to catch this at the beginning, I probably would have turned it off. No, <laughs> To be totally honest, you got to give this movie a good 10, 15 minutes to get going at least, because it's a lot of stilted camera work, some very bizarre storytelling techniques, uh... After the the me laughing just like you just said, Dave, when the guy comes out a blaze, <laughs> yeah, falls into the snow but doesn't decide to roll around in the <laughs> right. snow to put himself out. Just just laying there flailing in the snow. <laughs> what the fuck? It was only his back too. Yeah, roll over. You'll be fine. Stop, drop, and roll, man. <laughs> hey, come on. I know it's nineteen seventy, whatever, but yeah. fuck. And it's oh. snow. Any asshole knows. Yeah. You know, water puts out fire. Well, snow actually, at this point, water. it was 1950. It was Christmas Eve, 1950. Wow. So I don't know if the snow in, in 1950 was different. Maybe it wasn't water then. <laughs> well, I believe it was water. I just didn't think. <laughs> they didn't know stop, drop, and roll at that point. I no. That might came been. in 51, I believe. <laughs> the, the following year, right after this guy became the example. <laughs> just a little bit early. Yep. Yeah. A little bit. But you know what? When we get to spoilers, considering I can't say I can't, yeah. we'll, 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 we'll pick it up. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll pick it up in spoilers. But as you're watching that, you know that 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 is comical. I burst out laughing. Like, you what the fuck is it? And he's not rolling. <laughs> what what am I watching? You know, and it had a real gritty look, like you said, like a grindhouse look. It almost like a last house on the left type vibe. I don't know. It just had yeah. that look. And I wasn't exp- honestly putting this movie in. I like to go in blind. I didn't know what, what it was going to be at all. I, I didn't know if it was going to be a slasher. I didn't know if it was a ghost story. I knew nothing. So I put this movie in. I see this girl walking and narrating, and I'm like, okay. Yeah. Then I go, I think a ghost story. She's talking about an old house. Okay, let's see what happens. And then this happens, and I'm like, well, I don't know what the fuck's going on. And, okay, somebody was sitting there playing piano in the house after the fire. Yes. Now, I don't think this is getting into spoilers when I ask you. And if it is, then, then, then correct me, but... Do you know what that was all about? Why? Because this guy's supposed to be in this place alone. This uh, Wilfred Butler. Wilfred, pardon me. Wilfred Butler. Yeah, he's there alone. He's supposed to be all alone. Okay, we see him burn and, and you know, not roll and die, apparently. And then they, they go into the house, and there's a woman playing piano. Does anybody have a... What the fuck is that? All right. Nobody. The, the, okay. Wait, wait. The, the current story that um, Diane, the who's narrating it, who's the daughter of the mayor. What year is, is that taking place? Because she's narrating, telling the story from 1950. 
you know, what happened to Wilfred Butler in 1950 that he that he was accidentally set on fire. Yes, that was 1950. That was 1950. So this is 20 years after. Yeah, so this is 20 years later. Okay, yeah, I got a little confused with that, but yeah, uh, no, it's a little. It's yeah, I had one theory, but I don't know if it, it matches up with the time frame. But you know that again, that'll come more towards the spoiler area. Okay, so we're batting a thousand. Everything we bring up, we gotta wait till spoilers. Okay, all right. Sorry, guys. Okay. Um. Yeah, you know, most. I mean, most of you know, we could talk about you know just a straight linear story. I mean, did they even? Did you guys know where this was taking place? I believe I read it was supposed to be Massachusetts, but I mean it was definitely oh. the Northeast. They said, but all you really knew was that it's you know the Butler House. Yeah, I, I, I honestly took me a while just to get over the way they were telling the story. I know I, I'm sounding yeah. like a broken record here, but that we jump right in, slam cut to her walking with narration, slam cut to the guy on fire, or not slam cut, but then cut to the guy on fire. Then we're a bunch of almost still pictures of people in the past as yep. they sort of tell a bit of the story. I it was I wouldn't say it was confusing, but it was definitely bizarre and not the most entertaining or it doesn't really draw the viewer in. That's why I'm saying it's going to take a good 15 minutes for you to get into this story. And even then, there are going to be people that are like, what am I, What were they trying to tell me about this movie? There are going to be people that are going to hate this movie, not be able to see past the muddy production value, and, and that's going to be a shame because there's definitely some, some cool things that happen throughout this. Not just yeah. The Whispering Killer, but ultimately, that's pretty much the standout for me. Yeah, no, I agree. It definitely gets better as it goes on. I got to tell you, I was actually pulled in when I saw the photographs and, and, and they started telling more about the story. Me personally, I love when you get like serious deep backstory and they show photographs of something that you know is old by the look of the photograph. So you're going to see some some history that goes back and it's going to, I mean, you know when you see it that something's going to happen later where it's going to unfold. I've yeah. always been a fan of that. I know may, maybe other people aren't, but when I saw those pictures and they said the wife, they showed, she did a bit of explaining about the wife and the daughter and something. And, you know, I don't know it exactly. Later on, again... It, we get more detailed information. But and, when I saw that, I was kind of sucked in. I enjoy that. It's I guess it's not for everybody, and it's a 70s slow-paced film. But after the comedy of, of the guy on fire, I was actually like, okay, all right, let's see what's going to happen here. And then, then they cut to the asylum, and then I was just confused again. Yeah, the narration, even though it was not the most creative thing, it did set up the fact that, you know, Wilford left the house to his only living relative which was his grandson Jeffrey and that the only condition was he had to leave the house as it stood but Jeffrey never lived in the house or anything he was I think living in California at this point he hires a lawyer who he's never even met with and the <laughs> lawyer comes with his girlfriend <laughs> yeah and uh you know they're in charge of selling the house and I thought it was interesting that the lawyer and the girlfriend are like the two first characters we meet, and you think, oh, okay, here are the main characters. Yeah, and then, you it, was, know? Yes. it was almost psycho-esque, although you yes. didn't know who the hell <laughs> yes. these people were. Because when that scene happens, you're just like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I was uh-huh. like, there's nobody left. What are they going to do, just narrate the rest of the film? Yeah. <laughs> Slam right. cut to the pictures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he seemed like the central character, the lawyer. So I'm yeah. Like, okay, because you learn about him. Well, first you see him, and then you see this girl, this this little piece of ass. I I I, you know, mm, I like her. <laughs> yeah, she was stunning. Mm, they they ganked us though, man. They they get to that one scene 
where they're in the bedroom. Oh, yeah. Right? And she oh. lifts up her shirt, and they <laughs> literally cut away. As soon as the shirt, you see, like, her stomach and her side. As soon as she's about to get to her tits, scene cuts. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding. Oh, no, no. Though. I saw it. They showed it in my version. You sh- what? I'm kidding. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you had me. I was going to be like, yeah. you have to cancel the show. <laughs> rewatch. That was pivotal. Right. You had me, too. I was like, you got it. Are you shitting uh, me? I am. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Good. I'm glad because, they- yeah, all right. No, I'm not glad. I would have searched, searched that one out. Right. Because, yeah, she was a nice little thing. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. He is cheating on his wife with this woman who's 20 years oh, younger yeah. than him. Yeah. yeah. Because he, he calls home. Kids. Right, he calls home. He says, I miss you and the kids and yada, yada. And I'm like, okay. Because like he says something. The woman says something to him, the girlfriend in the beginning. And he goes, oh, yeah. He goes, you sound like my wife or something. And I'm, at first, I didn't know that it was a love interest because kind of, of the age difference. And I'm like, well, okay. I'm not thinking. Then it goes on. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? These two are hooked up. And at first, I thought they were going to go into some fucked up thing, like some ritual. I didn't know for certain they were going to go. They, they, it was, he was talking about sex. Just because he said about the pleasure of anticipating pleasure. I thought maybe they were going to go up in the bedroom and, and do some other shit. I don't know. I'm like, I'm why not. were they at that house? I don't know. Like, I mean, just because he was the lawyer and the, the guy was trying to sell the house. Why did like, did they actually state why they decided to stay at that house? No. And even the townspeople offered to put him up at the, uh, <laughs> was, the hotel, the paradise hotel. It was weird. It was so weird. I it, guess. Yeah. Obviously to deliver, uh, the scene that eventually gets us with, you know, to introduce Jeffrey and everybody else. But still, I, yeah, I the movie like, wouldn't have happened. Otherwise, yeah. it just would have been them spending the night in the hotel. I, this is like just a batshit crazy scene. I thought I missed something, but no, uh, it was strange. You know, here they are, you know, the lawyers negotiating for a client he's never met. <laughs> the guy only wants 50,000 in cash by tomorrow for a house that they said is going for like a quarter of a million. And, uh, you know, never met him, but staying at the house and I don't know, it was just oh. very, very strange. A lot of convenient things. Like, just like, oh, I bored that guy's car. What? You bored it? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I bored it. I mean, like, I was like, what? They're, they're, don't get me wrong. I'll get into more. There's, I, I have one exchange of dialogue and I'm not talking. There's more than just one exchange of dialogue. But I wrote down one exchange of dialogue because I had to rewind and watch it over because I couldn't stop laughing at how stilted, like, the, like, let's face it, Diane and Jeffrey are not the world's greatest actors and they under, they underperform as instead of overact, they totally underperform their roles. So it actually yeah. works. Um, did you guys know that they were like all like Andy Warhol like peeps? Like they're all like part of his like group and clan and and whatnot. Yeah, I read about that, especially with the uh, in the flashback scene towards the end. You know when they were showing all these all the asylum crazy folks. looking characters and the yeah. asylum people. And then I was reading about it. It was Warhol's crew. <laughs> yeah, weird, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh. I saw that as well. Warhol superstars, <laughs> I guess is what they were referred to. I don't know, but they were socialites with him, and he worked with them, and he hung out with them. Yeah, that's fucking strange, definitely. Yeah, and they all died real young. <laughs> what a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You know, here, here's the thing. I think that they stayed in the house because it was a big, beautiful house, and they would have privacy. You saw they had a nice dinner at that table. It was, who wants to stay in some dingy fucking motel, which apparently is a piece of shit, because we find out later 
that I believe Jeffrey did stay there and he complained about the buffet or whatever the fuck. I don't <laughs> Didn't he say something about it? And Paradise then... Hotel wasn't such he a He stayed at Paradise. the hotel. <laughs> he stayed at the hotel. It's his fucking house. Yeah. He stayed at the hotel, but his guest stayed at his house. I don't no, know. He, to- he told Diane he ate at the hotel and she's like, right. oh yeah, it's not very good. And then he didn't <laughs> respond at all. He was just catatonic for half the movie. <laughs> oh my God. Now the actor who played him died like right after this. So I don't, I don't know if, you know, if he was sick on set or not, because, I mean, I think he died of, like, leukemia or something. But it was literally, right, yeah, he died young. He died in August of 72. So before what? the movie was oh. even released. So, wow. Yeah. He wasn't one of Warhol's boys? It wasn't like that? He, he, oh, you said nah. leukemia. Okay. Nah, it, cancer. It didn't specify leukemia. It was but someone still. else, I think, who died of leukemia. Oh, his That's performance. Fun. His performance. I got to tell it. I'll, I'll tell you the line. This is yeah, the conversation. Well, so the sure. conversation is one of the conversations when Jeffrey f- first approaches Diane, kind of, like, at, at, the mm-hmm. house, at the house. So Jeffrey says, I seem to remember you from the road. And Diane, <laughs> Diane's holding a gun. She's like, that's why I'm holding a gun. You scare me. Scare and he me. says, Jeffrey says, that makes sense. <laughs> and that's the dialogue. <laughs> I, like, I was like, what? <laughs> like, I seem to remember you from the road. That's why I'm holding a gun. You scare me. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, like he's trying to be a wise ass and trying to be all comical, but why was he bashing the car on the road when she passed by him? Yeah. Right. Again, red herring, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, right. definitely he, red herring. He acts yeah. like, if you want to act like the killer, that's you take a note from this guy and how he does it in this movie because he has all the cues of the killer. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Here's the funny thing. When they first show him, first they talk about the uh, the news story spreading to the asylum that the house is being sold. Uh, I guess that's possible because it's such. It's I guess it's the house of that area, so it's really big and a famous house. So I suppose they may put that in the paper. I, I won't poke a hole in that. I, I I can live with that. Okay. So they they talk about the asylum and the news reach the asylum that, that you know. Uh, the Butler house is being sold now. And next thing you know, you see the escaped patient. You don't see who it is. You just see hell breaking loose and a wrench and a guy driving and some yeah. fucking shit happening. <laughs> and then the next scene, then he's driving away. Then the next scene, or maybe a, a, a few scenes later, you do see Jeffrey on the side of the road getting all pissed off. So I'm thinking, okay, this is the escaped patient. Yeah, I'm right off the bat thinking The that. connection, yeah. That was and, kind of done. It was done very point of view. Like that's something they would do nowadays in a movie. It was that whole escape thing was point of view, right? When he, yeah. he, like, yeah. he attacked, he jumps into the car, he starts driving. It was, I, I, I actually thought that was pretty well done. I think at first I was like, what the hell? And then I was like, actually, no, that, that was cool. But you're right. Then it cuts to Jeffrey. So I just assumed that was the person we saw. Right. That's what was really confusing me. And then later when he shows up at the house, I'm thinking this guy's the killer. And, I'm confused. The dialogue, that was fucked up, yes. But I don't understand why she sat in her house, saw him approaching, and let him enter her fuck a total stranger that she saw earlier in the day getting angry. <laughs> she let a total stranger into her fucking house and then waited there with a the gun. I was like, why would you even answer the door? I'm not gonna, right? I, I've said it already. I'm going to say it again. The script is pretty bad for dialogue and whatnot. I mean, we could, well, when we get the spoilers, we could talk about how it kind of does redeem itself at the end, but without that end scene, the rest of it is really Bush league. Like, I mean, the dialogue is 
poorly written. The direction and the editing were, were uh, for the most part, there's, I mean, hey, you like those pictures. I just talked about the POV shot of the escape. So there's some definitely redeeming values, but a lot of it was stilted. Like it was, you deliver a line, okay, you you respond, and the camera would cut to him. Then it cut back to her for her delivering the, her response, and it back to him. There was like, it seemed like there was no overdubbing or, or everything was just cut, 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 cut. Very, very amateur. You notice it. Like, it sticks out like a sore thumb. And all he has to do is say, I'm Jeffrey Butler. I'm trying to get into my house. And she's like, oh, okay, why don't you say something? She puts the gun down. <laughs> just like that. And they fall in love, like, or, or seemingly you, you fall in think. love within, within a scene. Yeah. <laughs> Very strange. First you want to kill me. <laughs> yeah, then a minute later she's like, I'm pushy, she tells him. Yeah. And I'm thinking. Yeah. A typical woman. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> Ladies, I'm kidding. I'm thinking, is he, that is she Brandon. trying? <laughs> yeah, right. That was Brandon. That's right. <laughs> is she trying to fuck him or not? I really, I was never really quite sure i thought at first she was because she just decided to go with him on this adventure of going to the house and everything else and i'm like okay maybe she just wants to fuck him i don't know and then nothing really happens like between them there's the one scene when he comes back and i think he puts his hand on her shoulder as she was reading something and that's something that maybe you wouldn't do unless you were flirting or i don't know but it didn't really go anywhere that that i saw i i don't know it just no, no, no it, 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 it didn't it, go anywhere. Yeah. yeah, she's legitimately curious as to what's or wanted to help him, and she wants to know what's happening at this butler house, and it's just strange things are afoot, and, and she wants to get to the bottom of it with him. Basically, there's there's no she doesn't have any type of ulterior motive, or and neither does he. They kind of played it like it was going to be that way. I thought, but it was strange that it didn't go anywhere. Yeah, I mean, every character in this film was strange. Even, like, you know, what I call the main four, the uh, the newspaper guy, yeah, Mr. Coleman. Now that, yeah. With, with his bell, because he doesn't talk, he just rings the bell. What the fuck was with that at the meeting? Because he was doing it for no fucking reason. He has the initial, the meeting, um, and I forget the guy's name, pardon me, the lawyer. The mayor? The no, well, no, the fucking... David uh, Carradine's character? like. Well, David Carradine is Tolman. He's the guy yeah. with the bell, right? John Carradine. Oh, John, John Carradine, yeah. John, yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. Not Revenge uh, of the Nerds? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that was his father. I'm still waiting for uh, Booger to show up. Yeah. <laughs> no, but we, got we got Bush. We got Bush. The real estate agent, or lawyer. Pardon. The lawyer. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Car- Carter. 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 Okay, so Carter gets there, and he has that initial meeting, and it's the mayor, the sheriff, uh, the receptionist, and yeah, the, the switchboard operator, Tess. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, why Tess. does the switchboard operator have to be in? And she plays like a major role in this movie. <laughs> like almost, <laughs> she does. Like, she's really like she's like a detective. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she was like an Angela Lansbury character, wasn't she? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> she's just there, and I'm like. So at first, we don't know as the viewer. We see this meeting, and he comes in there, and he explains, you know, this is what's happening. He wants to sell the house for 50K. Who wants it? Whatever. And But the thing is, they're talking. He, he'll, he'll say a line of dialogue, and then randomly, ding! <laughs> right? Then someone else will do it. Ding! And I'm like, what the fuck? I thought at first he was for, he was... He was the fucking guy recording things. Like, it was some type of strange thing where... Because he didn't have a point when he was making the dings. He wasn't objecting or agreeing. Usually someone that has a bell, there's a reason for it. 
You know, and, and he's quite <laughs> capable of writing things on a notepad because he was doing it later. Yeah. So. <laughs> and didn't he even speak a little bit at one point? He kind of like, he, he muttered something out at one point. Yeah, he said one thing because they said, what are we going to do with the house uh, after we buy it? And I think he says something like, uh, what the hell did he say? Did he I say burn to- it or something? Maybe. Burn it. Something like that. <laughs> You know, he had a frog voice. Maybe it was in his contract. It's like, I want to be in this movie, but I don't want to say anything. Just give me a bell. (laughs) Oh, man. Maybe he was wasted. That's all I could think. Uh, Maybe he was just on the set. He was fucked up. He says, well, it was like, what's his name? Lon Chaney. He was such a boozer that at the end of his career, he was in like Spider Baby and other movies, and he wasn't talking much. And as far-fetched as all these characters were, the mayor, I mean, after that meeting... Where the hell did he go? <laughs> all, like, it just seemed like all he was doing was driving around them for the next hour and a half of the movie. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it was integral to the plot because his They just had to get rid of him, and they couldn't think, okay, you're just going to go driving aimlessly for the rest of this movie until the very end when we need you to come back. Well, that's it. And in the worst driving footage known to man in cinematic history. Yeah, I was watching with my father, and he's like, he's swerving all over the place. I'm like, Dad, this is your big critique with this. <laughs> it was like the worst. It was like stock footage of some random driving, and then it would just cut back to them like in a car with a bit of a light on them. You know, yeah, you know, mo- movie making at its finest, but it'd be just really bad. <laughs> yeah, you know, as as much as we're picking this apart, I I was still entertained. I mean, it, I oh, guess yeah. it benefits from being a uh, you know a pretty short film. It ran, what, like 79, 80 minutes? So. Oh, yeah, I think it was like, yeah, an hour and 20. And the reality is, like, this would, you could see how this would work and be popular on one of those Elvira shows, yeah. for sure. We should come out, you know, crack-wise, you know, with her, you know, breasts hanging out, cut to commercial, come back, a little bit more movie. I mean, it's perfect for that type of yeah. crowd. And I could have seen this being a huge like hit at like the drive-in. I don't think it was a hit by any means. As for everything I read, it kind of came and went. But still, you could sort of see how that it would have been popular in that era. This type of film. Yeah, I you know, eighty-five minutes it ran, and it, it was unusual because nowadays you see horror movies that run eighty-five minutes. Two thousand and fifteen, all the movies we've watched, we've seen them. But in the seventies, that's really unusual. Usually there. are... 90 minutes, hour 40. So, but it, like you guys said, it benefited it perfectly. It's, we were, we were picking on it. There are things to pick. Now I'm thinking, what the fuck was, was with the mayor? Because I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I was asking because I was hoping you guys knew where he went because all of a sudden he's driving back towards the end, but you really don't hear from him at all after that meeting. Although he said, they said he had to go to the bank, but I assumed. I don't know where the bank was. You must have to drive for hours to get the, to this bank. The bank of Nova Scotia. Yeah. <laughs> was it the? It wasn't the mayor that went to the graveyard, was it? No, it that was, was the sheriff. The sheriff. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Like they get literally the mayor is the one that shows up at the end. That's Diane's yeah. dad. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I, I confused them. Yeah. So that's yeah. I don't know. Literally drive until you're needed again for the script. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell I mean, you what, though. Hold on. I do have one thing, and I think when we get to spoilers, that might make sense. I think. I think. There's a reason why we don't know where he went and why it would be something that who the fuck knows what this guy's up to. Well, I, I mean, I maybe we can hit the spoilers. Uh, did you guys know that they remade this last year? What? 
There is a UK. I I checked this out. It's called Silent Night, Bloody Night, The Homecoming. It was made. It came out February two thousand fourteen. It was made for like twenty thousand bucks. Oh, I remember hearing about that. Yeah, Wait, Homecoming, and it was Bloody Night. Silent Night, Bloody Night, The Homecoming last year. Oh my! Is, did it come out? I remember hearing it was being made. And then I don't remember hearing anything after. I checked, Brandon, if you have IMDB up. It looks like it was released and came out last year, and people have seen it and, and reviewed it. looking it up right now. And supposedly it- there is a, a sequel. Uh, now, the sequel is not even to the 2014 one. It's supposed to be to the 1972 one that came out this year called Silent Night, Bloody Night 2 Revival. But that one, although there's some reviews for it, that does, it says it was released back in March, but I don't think it actually. It doesn't look like it's actually been released. There doesn't seem to be many details about uh, an actual release. Yeah, the homecoming. Yeah, the homecoming's from last year. Yeah, still deals with the with Wilford Butler. Wow, I'm really. I can't believe. I remember reading and hearing about this. We did. We we talked about it on um on the. This is this is a remake. This is an exact remake from the description. Yeah. Just an updated remake and then revival. Wow, that's fucked up. Let me ask you guys. Didn't they mention that there was a caretaker for those 20 years of Butler House? Yes, they did. Who was the caretaker? Because Jeffrey never went there, they said, correct? He stayed in California. Yeah, Jeffrey Jeffrey was never there. I have a feeling the caretaker might have been the woman playing the piano. That was my theory. Yeah, or (laughs) some, I mean, or again, they were just introducing another red herring that we, but then they don't go anywhere with it. Right, because it was a it, it was a, an old house and it sat there for twenty years and it wasn't decrepit at all. There's not cobwebs in it. It was a regular house. It was, yeah, it was furnished. It was yes. furnished and then... <laughs> and that's why I wasn't surprised when when the lawyer stayed there. I'm like, well, he's he and I think that that's where I think he was the one that mentioned it to his girlfriend, saying something about oh yeah, so and so. And I don't didn't hear what he said. Maybe maybe it popped out because of the fucking you know the type of movie this was where you know we had issues with it. But he said so and so did a good job of care of taking care of it or being a caretaker the last twenty years. So I thought maybe it was Jeffrey, but you but no, nah, he, he was I think gone. he just said this place had a caretaker for the last twenty years. I don't think he ever referenced a specific individual. Well, in that case, I completely understand why they went to that house. Because why would you? Yeah, no, to- it was beautiful. Yeah, you go to the hotel. He's got this hot young thing. Nobody's gonna know his business. He's gonna go and whatever fuck her in every room in that house. That was Honestly. a good kill too. Oh. Right? Yes, it yeah. was a, a double axe murder. I mean, yeah. shit. That came no- like I mean, literally, they're like, oh, they fuck, and then boom, axed. <laughs> it was yeah. nuts. I was just like, holy shit. Nobody saw it coming. I know. I, I was like, it's like you said, it was like the psycho thing. I thought that this guy was going to be the main character, yeah. and then what the fuck? And I, you know, I didn't want her to die, of course, because I like looking at her, and I thought he was the main character. I'm like, holy shit. So that was kind of interesting. I, I like that. The, I thought the credits were going to roll at that point. Yeah. Oh, it's over. It's very short. We got away. <laughs> like the Friday the Thirteenth remake, they're gonna have that fucking the twenty minute intro and yeah. that's it. Silent Night, Bloody Night, and big fucking letters across the screen. <laughs> and then they made it all religious again. He puts a Bible and like a cross in the girl in the girl's hand. Yeah, why? holding the Bible. Was now, he what? holding the Bible while he was axing them? Because was I, that the I mean, Bible or was it his diary? Because oh, they talked. They kept you know talking what? about the diary. It might have been the diary. He definitely put a cross on it, but it could have been the diary because, yeah, the diary does come up at some point. But the crucifix made no sense. It had nothing to do with the plot in the story. Maybe yeah. you guys saw something I didn't, no. but I was like, I don't recall anything, any religious motives or anything about that. 
so you see that and you think, okay, well, let's see where this leads to. And <laughs> it was it was like that dog being killed. That fucking dog gets killed outside the house. Yeah, I have I'm that just... written down because last week we were talking about the dogs always dying. Yeah. <laughs> just like, oh, let's just randomly kill a dog. <laughs> I think the only reason they did that is because something, when we get to spoilers, I think that made somebody else a red herring because of, of a situation with another animal. I don't know if anybody noticed it, but... It, oh, yeah. Well, you, okay. you, when he goes and grabs... The bird? <laughs> right? Okay. Just out of the blue, that? I'm like, uh, what's going to happen here? And then it just cuts. Just cuts right. away. I'm like, what? What? And Yeah, so I think you're right. I think it was just to try to further along the the reality that, okay, this guy is the batshit crazy one or whatnot. I don't think Tess would have noted, noticed. She had about... A thousand birds. Yeah, it was house. ridiculous. Well, I'll just squeeze the life out of this one. Uh, now, the killer, and correct me if I'm wrong, because to be totally honest, like I, I, I was scratching my head and kind of laughing at a lot of this. Although, funny enough, you know, there's still stuff to recommend. Uh, but was he always referring to himself as Marianne? Yep. Now, yes. is that the caretaker's name, or is that no? Marianne was the daughter's name. Was Wilfred Butler's daughter? Oh, the. Yes. Yes, the one that got murdered. Jeffrey's okay. mother. Yep. All right. Okay. That let's, makes let's do way it. more let's, sense. Let's, <laughs> let's let's do spoiler now. Let's let's announce okay. it because we're going down that road. So okay. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah we're pretty much there. Although we one one last thing, just real quickly. Shoot like, it. Shoot it. Um, Tess going to investigate the house after she gets the call saying, "It's Marianne. Come to the house." Like, mm-hmm. why? Uh, why would you go? Because she was literally murdered. She. I. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get into that with spoilers. She had reason to go because she... Yeah. Did she? And she calls the other girl to cover at the switchboard operator as the uh, the uh, villain at the switchboard. And she's like, I can't. I'm busy. I'm watching TV. Yo. Yeah, awesome. that was great. <laughs> I'd love to give that as a reason to not come into work. Yeah, seriously. That was TV. great. Because <laughs> that's usually the case. Love usually you. you are watching TV, but you just tell somebody, oh, I got to pick up my friend. His car broke down or Fresh whatever. Out of my excuses. daughter's sick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm watching TV. I don't feel like getting up. I'm watching Sally Night Bloody yeah. Night. You know? <laughs> I'm watching TV. Don't. Feel, I can't do it. I'm sorry. No, like ten minutes up. ago, no problem. But right now, I'm watching TV. Yeah, sorry, I started. Right, I, I guess you'll explain to me when we get into spoilers. Because even with knowing the spoilers, I can't understand her motive for for just hopping in the car and taking a drive down there. She has memory because she hates that house, so she remembers everything that took place at that house. Yeah, that's why. So think about that. Okay, let's get to it. All right, spoilers. five, four, three, two, one. Spoilers. Okay, now she was there. She was one of the patients, like the rest of them. Yeah, the four, the main four. You know, the mayor, um, Tolman, the sheriff, and Tess were all patients there. Which is ridiculous. Well, yeah. you know what? And I, I did <laughs> some reading on this because it was very confusing, and I thought that. Um, well, I didn't think. I actually read something where they said that. It wasn't uncommon for sane people to be institutionalized back then, so there's a chance that they might have been completely sane. Because they really gave no hint that they were nuts, except for Tolman ringing his bell throughout the whole movie. And I think maybe Tolman lost his voice as a result of the experiments. You might be honest with because we see the other people. When, when the house became an asylum, we see the doctors and them being portrayed as they weren't helping anybody. They were just taking liberties. They weren't helping Marianne. They were, you know, they were getting drunk and having dinners. And you know, on this, on, on Wolford, Wolford, yeah, on Wolford Butler's dime. And maybe they were the people that were there 
weren't legitimately crazy. Maybe they had a little bit of trouble, and maybe they also did experiments or something, and maybe that's why this guy doesn't have a voice. Who knows what they were doing? So, yeah. honestly, I could buy that. I mean, in, in, when you first see it, it is ridiculous. Before you really do any hard thinking about it, it's ridiculous to think that four insane fucking asylum people, patients, would become a mayor and, and uh, you know the sheriff of the fucking police and um, whatever these other they were important <laughs> figures in this town just based on that that that's ridiculous yeah but I think you do make a good point Brandon maybe they weren't you know crazy yeah. but then again this is what I was saying earlier maybe this is why the mayor just fucking went driving around because he's fucking loony <laughs> so why did why the killer cut off Tolman's hands I mean I know like. But Jeffrey runs runs him over, and then <laughs> Diane's like, "You killed him!" Oh, I know. Oh. Like, he's just dead inside. He totally doesn't even care. Tolman was a piano player. <laughs> <laughs> that could, <laughs> yeah, he, he was the little old lady at the piano. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was a transvestite. That's why he was locked up back in those days. If you were a transvestite, they called you crazy. Yeah. Well, they had the uh, transvestite in the flashback scene. Yeah. Well, you fucking have it. Now I know why he chopped off the hand because. For a joke for fucking Tess later. Take my hand. That's why he wanted to use a hand just to, for, for the punchline. Uh, yeah. See? Okay. <laughs> he thought he why, was being Why funny. would she go? She knew. She knew it wasn't going to be anything good. She knew it wasn't Marianne. Obviously, Marianne doesn't have that deep a voice. And she knows what happened to Marianne. Why would she go alone? I, I, I know the she's a part of this it, movie, but it's like... They don't do... like that's This movie's ridiculous for that reason. Yeah. Too many people do, like the mayor driving around aimlessly. Like yeah. just too many people just do things to propel the plot forward. There is no good that could have come up with that visit. So yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, the sheriff went right to right to the uh, grave site all by himself and took a shovel to the head or whatever. Yeah, I guess it was just for convenience purposes. And she is a little bit loopy, so why not go? I mean, look at her fucking house. It was like she had more birds than a pet shop. <laughs> could you imagine <laughs> living like that? Did you notice there was one bird that wasn't in his cage? No. Yeah, there was just one bird just randomly sitting like, <laughs> on top of a cage. <laughs> really? It was actually the cage that he reached into and grabbed the bird, and then right on the other side of the cage was just one bird just standing on top there. Was it like, the same kind of bird as all the others? Yeah, just the same little... kind, just hanging out outside the cage. I guess his wings were clipped. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what an but, odd scene. I, I really want to yeah. know what happened to that bird that he grabbed. Yeah, right. It was a red herring. What, what other reason would they do that? He killed the dog. Well, I guess he kills birds, too. He's a fucking animal killer. I yeah. don't know. It's just, it was weird. It was downright, that whole thing was weird, that she would have all those animals. There's no way you could sleep. She'd be cleaning shit fucking day in and day out. It would just, that just, when you see that scene, you know something's wrong with this woman. It's almost like a precursor. Like, I, I want to watch this movie a second time, knowing what I know about these characters, and seeing their little quirks and saying, okay, now it makes sense that they were inmates here. I don't think you're going to get any answers into random bird death, though. <laughs> no. On a repeated I, viewing. I still think that you're going to be like, yeah, scratching my head. Don't know where that's going. Yeah, I, I don't I, I don't think he killed it, but he just kind of grabbed it for, like, no reason. <laughs> for no <God. laughs> The camera cut away. Where did the diary come into play? I mean, I know that the diary was pivotal because it had basically the backstory of what happened, but the sheriff found that at the grave? The diary was there? Yes, and then it was gone. And then it was gone, and then all. The, and then who had it? Then it, I guess it, the, the killer took it with him. Took it with him. Okay, because how... 
Okay, because this is after the fact, because then um, Diane starts narrating, right. you know, about Christmas of 1935, Christmas Eve of 35, when the whole massacre took place. And even before that, in 1930, you find out that uh, Butler's wife died of TB. In 33, Wilfred Butler raped his daughter, who was only 15, yeah, impregnated her, yeah. and then the very next year she gives birth to Jeff. Right. So Butler is Jeff's father and grandfather. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Officially. Yeah. What would yeah. he be called, do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa or dad? What do you think? Uh... But that wasn't that story told Pop-pop. really bizarre? Doesn't <laughs> Jeffrey just sit down into a chair and then we go, backstory? Yeah. Like, it was the weirdest transition into the backstory knowing a man. Yeah. Very weird. I was, I'm still, I'm a little bit, like, I'm confused over where everything came from, but. Did he have um, the diary? He must have, but I don't. I can't remember how Diane came into possession of it because she definitely did. Because she's the one telling the story; she's the only one left alive in the end. Yeah. So I guess. Oh wait a minute. Oh yeah, that's well. Yeah, if Jeff was reading the diary, surely she would have seen it. It was. They were all in the in the, in the same room. So yeah. after after the gunshot gunshots happen and then they die. I guess she would see that. Yeah, but, and look, we we find out that that Wilford basically faked his own death, and that was a squatter who he set on fire to th- throw people off that he was dead. He was seeking revenge against these four main people who were inmates because they were responsible for killing the daughter. Yeah, it, it, it was pretty fucked up because at this point, the listeners are probably like, "What the fuck are they talking about?" Right. Well, if right. you read if you read the plot synopsis to this movie, uh, which like. Even on the uh, the Wikipedia page or whatever of this movie, you start you laugh. You can't help but laugh because you, you yeah. are you. I you. That's the exact reaction I had. I'm like, this sums up the movie. But I'm still going, what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's it's batshit crazy. I I mean I, I'll argue that it's not told well at all. I I think it's it's literally told through Diane's memory and then. But then it'll have Jeffrey's memory reminiscing of things, and it just—it's it, not well constructed at all. No, but well, it has some effective scenes. I think that you you learn pretty much all you need to learn before um, it comes out at the end when Diane is where is it the police station that she's at when she's reading all that stuff, and then she notices that Tolman p- took parts out of the paper. You pretty she much was at Tolman's. I okay. Think. So you get the gist of it when you learn about Wilfred and what happened with his wife and about a daughter named Marianne and that Marianne was raped, it said. You yeah, get- it, was, it was him who raped her. He, he, puts, he right. basically is responsible for her being in the institution. Now he wants revenge on the people who got her killed because there was a, <laughs> uh, you know, the whole inmate uh, uprising and she got killed by accident because they thought she was one of the doctors or doctor's girls who were hanging out just drinking and eating whole pigs every night did you notice they ate that whole pig like yeah. one scene is a whole pig on there and they're chomping down on two seconds later the whole thing is gone there were like four of them <laughs> yeah they were just repulsive fucking yeah and he wants revenge on all of them but he's the most despicable of all of them yeah. yes yes he is but it appears the way they play it out is that he just he felt bad for her and he wanted to fucking do right by her after that. Yeah, he was upset that the doctors weren't really helping her for something he did. I mean, think about what this guy did. He turned his house into an asylum just to cure his daughter. So yes, he raped her. Terrible, terrible thing. Then he says, "Well, she's fucked up because of this. 
I want to cure her. I'm going to go through the lengths of moving all these people, bringing fucking inmates and doctors into my house, turning it into an asylum just so I could cure this girl. So I guess he felt bad. I mean, And why would he bring in other inmates except yeah. for the fact that it sets up the story of her getting killed? I mean, <laughs> he could have just helped her. Yeah, he could have just brought doctors. the best doctors in. <laughs> the best doctors are coming in to help you. I don't, I'm not going to bring deranged lunatics in here. And there yeah. were like 80 of them. <laughs> the house was big, but they were yeah. like, did you see the scene where they all come out? It's like uh, Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> yeah. And people go crazy. People go crazy. And I'm sorry because I'm going to be bringing it up again. And I, I'm going to try not to bring this up, but it's, it proves the point. People went crazy when after they found out Pamela Voorhees was the killer in Friday the 13th. Oh, spoiler, by the way. And uh, the reality oh. is she's she's 50 years old, I guess, in that in the in the point of the script in that uh, in that time frame. But he's 80, and he's killing people in this movie. He's 80 years old. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. You're right. That, I, I'm thinking he's old, but I didn't, I didn't want to do the math because I, I really enjoyed. After it all came out, I was really into what they were saying, with the reasons behind it and, and the backstory. That really hit me. I was like, you know what? That's fucking cool. I like this. This is cool. So I didn't want to pick it apart. At that moment with how old the guy was. I knew he was old, but... Yeah, <laughs> so he's right. just been living at the house all this time? So is he the caretaker? Like, I mean, this is, this is like... Ah. He, that, I mean, that's... The reality Ooh, good, is he, good didn't, idea. he didn't die. That was the... We find out that's the, the one of the twists. Uh, interesting enough. But then, like, so he's old, loves to crank call people, and kills a few people. <laughs> well, wait a second. He, he went away. Been living there the whole time, didn't he? No. He was he was in the institution. He's the one who escaped. Yes. Oh, he, they sorry. Said that he, he, yes. Yes. They, they explained it. They said that he said himself in his diary, "I went away. I did some different things. I, I I forgot what they said, but the implication was that he he became a drifter and he went to a few different places and then he went to the asylum. Yeah, uh, Margaretville Hospital. Very Don't good. ask me why I know that. I just yeah. I literally jot down these little things as i'm watching i'm like oh maybe that'll be important and i realized this was a second viewing for me as i'm watching i'm like i've definitely seen this before but it might as well have been a first viewing because i couldn't remember anything oh i definitely i forgot about that point that he yeah that was the guy that escaped uh that major scene that whole point of view scene that ended up, that you may think it's jeffrey but realize it's him uh what about the what about the Tarantino, I call it the Tarantino type of uh, reveal at the end where Jeffrey confronts the mayor because Jeffrey thinks the mayor is a killer, the mayor thinks Jeffrey's the killer, and they shoot each other and kill each other. I thought, <laughs> I thought that was great. I actually, I like I, yeah, I, I actually kind of like that. I thought that was great, and then, then the real killer comes down the stairs. I thought yeah. that one of the more effective parts of the movie. I like how Diane was heartbroken about her father's death for about two seconds until Jeffrey calls out for her, and then she runs to him. What? Oh, oh, sweetheart, you just killed my father. Are you okay? And then not even that. She then narrates the exact same thing that you just said. She's like, there were tears that night, but they dried up. I don't even remember the exact line. I wish I had it right now. And (laughs) it it irks me that I don't have the exact line. I almost want to put it on right now to get that exact line because I was just like, your dad was just killed. Your supposed lover, where we think that was going, but just killed. I think there'd be more than just a couple of tears. Yeah, shouldn't <laughs> Wilfred had made made his entrance down the steps like beforehand? Didn't he? I mean, he didn't really have anything against Jeffrey, did he? Didn't he want to at least try and save his grandson or son, okay. son, yeah. grandson, yeah. grandson, <laughs> son? <laughs> you would think he felt bad because he felt bad about raping his daughter. So 
maybe, yeah, he would think yeah, so, no, so he waits till they kill each other, then he comes down and he's screaming that Diane's Marianne, and then they're showing these crazy flashbacks making you think that Diane is Marianne, and for a second I bought right. into him, like, oh, so she was Marianne, yeah. so she's Jeffrey's mother, then I'm like, no, she's not, what are you talking about? Right, I'm like, they look the same age, at one point you thought they wanted to fuck each other, so I'm like, now, yeah. where are and, we going? And I, I convinced myself, I'm like, oh, she was Marianne, and I'm like, they're the same age, if not Marianne, uh, Diane is younger than Jeffrey. Yes. I'm like, like she can't be 15 years older than him. Yeah. So, yeah. So at then I'm like, no, he was just crazy. I'm like, yeah, and he was old, so you know that, that yeah. took some time to come down the stairs when all that action was going on. Yeah. He was 80, an 80 year old killer. I mean, th this movie does boast that. How many movies can you say? You know what? It was Did fun. You see for, how for, much he <laughs> ran? No, no. Let's go back. Remember that point of view shot of the escape, which he's 80. He runs. He's clobbering people with the, the ratchet or whatever. Like <laughs> he's driving point POV. He gets the cup with the with sorry the shovel. The he shovel, double yeah. axe pales those the couple. I mean, this is like some serious shit for an 80 year old be, to be doing. He evidently had the strength to cut off Tolman's hand. Yeah. You know, then he's toying with Tess. Yeah, he's killing dogs. He's Candlestick murder. Yeah. Like, there's tons of... Like, this guy's, like, very active. He does 80. a terrible impression of Marianne, though. Like, I never bought that for a minute. Like, oh, maybe it is Marianne. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's Marianne. Yeah. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> like, I was waiting for someone to be like, no, it's not. Who the hell is this for real? <laughs> right. That would have been, like, some perfect comic relief, right, in that movie. <laughs> totally. Tess is like, this isn't Marianne, you idiot. Who is this? Because yeah. there's no intentional comic relief, that's for sure. No. Because you're going to no. laugh at this movie. There's mm -hmm. no question you're going to yeah. laugh, whether it's from him just randomly grabbing a bird and not seeing the resolution <laughs> from it, whether it's from that dialogue exchange that I talked about earlier, uh, whether it's from the Burning Man. There, There's so many things that you're going to laugh at However, there's a couple of shockingly good moments, too. The movie's very entertaining for as much as we nitpicked a lot of things. <laughs> it's still very entertaining. It's a, you know, good movie to throw on in the month of December for your Christmas uh, horror views. Um, yeah, but, you know, I will say this. It was the Christmas thing was just kind of a coincidence. It wasn't heavily played into the movie. I mean, you see a tree and you hear them playing Silent Night on the radio and then the two things happened at Christmas, but it didn't really have that Christmas vibe to it, you know. No, no. It was just it was an um, you know, an after effect or a, It's just, a, granted, yes, it is still a Christmas movie, obviously. And do you guys think that that song they were playing? Remember when Silent Night came on the radio in that one place they were playing? It didn't sound just like the one they used in Black Christmas. Oh, I didn't even notice that. I don't know. Maybe it just had that old sound, so they all, all sound the same to me. But. <laughs> That's possible. It, just, it immediately took me to that. I was like, but this, this reminds me of Black Christmas right now. And in the beginning, it did for like half an hour. And then it just went into different places. And, you know, it's not Black Christmas, obviously. It's a whole different type of movie. Do you know it was also called, I mean, even Night of the Dark Full Moon that you mentioned earlier, Brandon. That's a mm -hmm. weird name. And I, it was also called Death House, which. Yeah, wasn't that in the opening credits, actually? No, mine actually said Silent Night, Bloody Night. Mine, yeah, mine said mine said Death House. What? Really? Oh. Yeah. Wow. So you got the good version. So if you want to get the good version, it's gonna say Death yeah, House. Yeah, get the film chess version if you guys are interested. It's real cheap. Six, seven bucks. Yeah, right on. Yeah, YouTube yeah. YouTube is cheaper. <laughs> yeah, or YouTube it. Yeah, yeah. I will put it up on our group page so so uh, they can see it, you know. That might be our segue. I mean obviously Brandon, we know how you think you purchased the movie. Yeah. 
Black Friday, I went nuts, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's right. Oh, yeah, we forgot to do that. We're supposed to do that after the non-spoiler and then give our grade at the end. We did the same thing on the first show. So yeah. uh, we're, we're keeping up with with precedent here. We're uh, Maybe we're yeah. changing the rules before we even make the rules. Yeah. Throw the rules out is what I guess I'm going with. Screw we reserved we reserved the right at this point. Yeah. 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 Screw the rules and it's your show, this Dave. Is, this is episode this is two. My, it's our show. Come on now. Yeah. This is episode <laughs> two. We're we're seasoned veterans at this point. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Seasoned veterans. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Uh, now I'll tell you before we give the grades, I do like the fact that everybody had black gloves on. Toman had black gloves on. Every fucking male in this movie Maybe even women too. Everybody had black gloves, so that definitely played well into the mystery of who's the killer. I think. The, yeah. I think the lawyer even wore a black glove while well, he fucked his uh, his assistant. <laughs> Maybe he did. <laughs> they can't all be gems. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> we'll throw in the laugh track over that one. <laughs> you have to laugh yourself just to get the momentum going sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yes, Screw sir. both of you. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Uh, well, is there anything that anybody feels they need to add before we give our grades? Do we miss anything here? No. I guess not. I'll take no. a silence. Except, except I guess I guess I'll just add one thing. It's not a spoiler. Just So the opening, which I guess uh, sort of bookmarks the movie, because at the end, when she's walking away, that whole narration was Diane's memory of this whole event because she came back to, to see it a year later. To watch it be bulldozed down the house. Yes. Oh, okay. that's right. So yes. That's, that's the bookmark. So her, it's her story, and she, so she obviously had got hold of that diary because she knows everything about everybody. Yeah, and it's so funny that it's her story. Yet she's yeah. really not involved. <laughs> she has nothing to do with this story. It's like that's my own business. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're the daughter of the mayor. Okay, he had something to do with it. Like you really have nothing to do with it. Go that's home. It. Yeah. Let the big boys handle this. Right? Well, who else is left? Is anybody yeah. alive? No, she's that's the why only... they needed her. Yeah, she's the only survivor, so she yeah. gets that by default. That, yeah. That's okay. her role. <laughs> they had nobody else they could use. It's true. There is they could have used the dog had he not killed the dog. That's true, or the birds, the many birds. They could yeah, have I wouldn't them, have them talk. The birds, the birds narrating the film. Yeah, Tess. Tess didn't change our papers very often. <laughs> 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 and that's why I was grabbed. He felt bad for me. <laughs> There is one thing funny I'd like to add. I do I do like when Tess was in the house and he sees her and he goes, You're Tess and he goes, I know you're Tess. You're older now and fat. <laughs> <laughs> he has to fucking call her fat before he kills her. It's great. Yeah. He's like, fuck you, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> She's having a great day and all of a sudden it just goes right down the shit tubes. <laughs> yep, yep. She was having fun with her birds, everything was lovely and yep. <laughs> she gets called fucking fat. Gets tricked, grabs a dead hand, and gets whacked. <laughs> yeah, that poor thing. But hey, inmates go crazy, and that's revenge, I guess. It's, it's an old tale of revenge. So wait, does he live? What does do who I live? Does, no, he, he gets shot at the end. Uh, yeah. Wilford? Wilford gets shot. Wilford gets shot by who? By Diane. Okay. Oh, yeah. There was yeah. A, I'm thinking, I was thinking of the grandson and the mayor shooting each other. And then I'm forgetting about the, the the big climax when it flashes back to the daughter and yeah okay I was you know what I was so focused thinking this is the daughter I think that's why I didn't even realize what happened <laughs> yeah. because I was convinced at that moment I'm like how could this be Marianne because he called her Marianne so what are we to think 
automatically I'm thinking, oh, well, this is Miriam. Then I'm like, wait, how could this be? So I think I was just like in my own mind fucked up the thinking, trying to figure out what and why, and that no, I forgot that. Well, the reason, the reason you're saying that, no, they did say something, because th- now this is what's making me remember something, because as she's holding the gun, they're, they cut back to her as a kid. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, they show her as Marianne, but yeah. they're showing it. They're showing it from Wilford's perspective, so yeah. he's seeing her as his daughter. Okay, as this Stupid. picture of innocence, even though it's clearly not. <laughs> Look, he broke out of the mental institution. He is eighty years old. He maintained all his super strength, but not his <laughs> mental skills. Yeah. Not his mental strength. Yes. His mental strength is gone. He's nuts. He doesn't know what's going on. Yet he remembered Marianne to a not Marianne test to a T, except that she's older and fat. <laughs> yeah, and it's, he it's remembered even unnecessary to point out that she was fat. He, she test should have been like, really, you you got to bring that up. I put on a few pounds over years. I've been eating a lot of bird feed. <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> all right. Are we ready for ratings? Sure. All right. Go ahead. Wow, it sounds like we're all going to come in real low with the way we kind of made fun and picked it apart. But overall, an entertaining film. Definitely good holiday fun. I'll give it a 7 out of 10. You are generous. You are a generous, generous soul. I, uh, I Again, I agree. Exactly the same sort of uh, you know, build up in the sense of like, great to watch at the holidays. You got to watch it because it's entertaining as shit. Some fun, unintentionally hilarious moments. But I'm only I'm giving it a five for the effective scenes, the effective uh, parts that I liked about it, the black gloves, the whispering killer, the uh, um, Jeffrey thinking uh, what's his face with the murderer, vice versa, all that stuff, good stuff. But that's pretty much where it's the muddy. The film is muddy. The storytelling's confused. Uh, uh, but a five is where I'm gonna stay with. Wow, seven and a five. Well, you think he's generous? When I started this off. I said that I thought it was a good movie. I said that uh, you may think it could be better than Black Christmas. So I started off with, you know, a little bit of praise here. Now, the discussion did bring it down a little bit for me. And that's what I love about podcasts is that sometimes you could come in thinking one thing and the more you discuss it, you find more, you know, sometimes it brings it up, sometimes it brings it down. I'll write a, a rating down at the beginning of the show and it doesn't always stay. So at the beginning of this show, I actually had a seven and a half. Wow. Yeah. Nice. But I'm bringing it, I decided before we got to it, that I'm bringing it down to a seven. So I'm I'm meeting Brandon with that seven. All right. That's fine. Because I I didn't want to start losing credibility as the guy who loves everything. It just so happens we've covered three movies in the first two shows so far that I've enjoyed. So... Oh, and there's there's creepy moments in this. There, there, no doubt, uh, it just... I don't want to defend my low rating, but I guess I feel like I no no. I'm, you're you're more than justified for giving it that rating. If I was you know rating this on a technical filmmaking basis, I mean, I don't even know if I can give it any points. <laughs> it's just a complete mess, but entertaining. Yeah, cool. yeah, it's it's worth a watch. It's definitely worth a watch. There's no question. I think that everybody should check it out. And you know, I mean, it's like what we said. We 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 joked around around with it. But me, I'm a sucker for. Uh, Things like that when they have backstory at the end and you get the answers as to why and they show what happened back in the day. It's always something that resonates well with me, so um, I'm into that shit. So yeah, not bad. Now, now, now we have to go to 2015. Now we're here. We had a movie come out this year by the name of A Christmas Horror Story. And yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about it. What do you got for us, Brandon? 
Okay, Christmas horror story. Interwoven stories that take place on Christmas Eve, as told by one festive radio host, played by William Shatner. A family brings home more than a Christmas tree. A student documentary becomes a living nightmare. A Christmas spirit terrorizes. And Santa slays evil. Four stories with a wraparound story, and uh, like I said, starring, um, well, not starring, but basically taking place around William Shatner hosting the radio show and pans to the stories interwoven there. Very loosely, I might add. Yeah, very loosely. <laughs> a very loose um, wraparound. But it served its purpose, and you really get it at the end. It, yes. It's one of those things that, like, I, I was watching this movie, and I'm like, at one point, I'm like, what is he talking about a mall? <laughs> How did I miss something here? What the... F did I really... Because I do that. I said it last show. Sometimes I fucking... I doze... Not doze off. Sometimes I just... I'm watching something and I start thinking about something else. And I try... I really try not to do it when I'm taking notes. I mean, shit, I'm doing a show here. So... But I'm like, I don't think I missed it. I've been paying attention. What the fuck? Then he brought something else again. And then in the end, it made sense. And I was like, oh. And yeah. because of that, I, I was really happy. Well, and... I know exactly what you're saying. I thought that's the exact same thing. And I really do wish that they did a little bit more on that as well. I think they could have easily done that. And I had even some, I even had some ideas for William Shatner too, because I actually thought that was a great idea. Although loose, I like the idea of coming to a DJ Christmas time. I thought he did a great job with it. Funny enough. Uh, and I wish they added one little other element at the end that came back to William Shatner and maybe gave it a little bit of a capper. Like, well, he did have a connection with. I know with oh, yeah. one of them. Well, but, no, I have a connection. We, yeah. and, uh, no, the, and that was well. Again, that was the only connection. Uh, yeah, but I'm very just saying they, they could have easily capped it. You know how he keeps talking to that girl off camera, or you know, has like, I'm going to talk about, about baby Jesus. Yeah, I'm going to talk about <laughs> baby Jesus because if you knew anything about Christmas, it's his birthday tomorrow. That type of thing. So, right. how about that? Something happened. Like, so at the end, he goes out and. Something happens with Susan. I don't know what, because there's no spoiler, because nothing happens. But I'm just saying, um, like, she's a killer. Or she's... Or she turns into a Krampus. Or, or, or whatever. <laughs> or just something at that point. You just can't to have too many Krampuses in there. She what? may as well. She may as well turn into the Krampus. But the well, what's upon... the plural of Krampuses? Krampuses? Krampi? Krampi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can buy that. Krampi. Yeah, Susan. She was seriously harshing his buzz. Yeah. <laughs> Shatner's great. He's so funny. I know he didn't have a lot of on-air time, but, you know, obviously they're going to use him as the star of the movie to bring in the audience. Well, this was a Canadian production, boys. Yeah. And, and funny enough, I saw it in the I opening credits it. there. Telefilm Canada. Telefilm. That They would have never. Telefilm Canada would have never financed something like this back in the day. They were always like, if you saw Telefilm Canada... On the credits, you're typically running for the hills because there was some educational piece that was shown at school that you had no interest in seeing. Sorry, Telephone Canada, but that was just the way it was. And now all of a sudden I see Telephone Canada. I'm like, what? With that funky music and that opening credit sequence, which set up the movie quite well, even though it was just that snowflake that had a little bit of blood that eventually kind of emerged on it, whatever, with that music. And oh, it was, I thought it was a great way to open up the movie. Yeah, that song is stuck Simple in my head. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that song, let me tell you guys, and maybe you'll laugh at me because my wife laughed at me because it came on again and she didn't see the beginning with me, but she saw the end and when the credits rolled. 
and I, the first note that I took was about the opening credits, and that it's about damn time that that song was used in a Christmas horror movie. Well, yeah, because to me, that song has always been scary. It does not seem like it belongs to be a Christmas song. It's always been. It's a very. It's not fucking joyful whatsoever. To me, it's always been a very serious. Dare I say, scary song to me. So well, I don't know what you guys think about it, but that I don't know. Scared me. I I'm I Jewish. love it. Every I, Christmas song scares me. <laughs> I just I just it. I just listen and try not to burst into flames. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I think it starts the first you know the first note and and, and the chorus and everything like that opens up Christmassy, and then you're right, it just gets kind of darker and it it's just perfect, and yeah. all the credits were just simple credits. But it, they worked with that song as well. It was just fantastic uh, and, and set the tone beautifully for the movie. Yeah, I failed to mention uh, there were three directors on this one. Grant Harvey, Brett Sullivan, and Stephen Hoban. Do you know Do you know which ones they directed? Did they direct as a universal team? Or I they- think they directed as a team. I tried to look into that to see if they directed segments. My guess is they worked as a team because the structure of the film, I mean... So this is considered I, an anthology film, though, still, right? Yeah, it's oh, definitely yeah. considered an anthology. Just, you know, all four stories just kind of show two minutes of this one, show two minutes of that one, show two minutes of this one, come back to this one, come back to that one. Well, I don't know, but you, I thought it worked. I actually liked the way they, they did it instead of the creep show style. Now that I say nothing was wrong with creep show in the way they did it, because that was the, like the classic anthology horror movie, in my opinion. But I loved how they did this with the Interwolf. I mean, again... Some some are more successful than others, but ultimately, uh, it was a great way to kind of thread the story throughout. Yeah, I, I agree with you to a point, especially because I enjoyed three of the four stories, but the one story I didn't enjoy, it was almost like I wish they kind of just played that one out, so this, this way we can get on to the good ones. Because <laughs> one of them just didn't have the Christmas feel to it. It just was very out of place. The, the Let's face it, the students in the doing the documentary. Yeah, that, yeah. that was a found footage ghostly. Yeah. And then yeah. the rest of them, yeah, that was the one that, you know. They referenced so, Christmas Eve, and that's pretty much the extent of it. Yeah, and the kid was supposed to be at the food drive at the mall, and, you know, that's basically it. And that was the majority of the screen time, was, was, that, was that one, definitely. It, yeah. No question I, that that yeah. one had the most screen time. Followed by uh, the, the tree boy, or whatever you want to call him, I would say. Uh, the changeling? Yeah, the changeling. And then, obviously, like Santa, the, the, the fucking, the, the Santa one with the, the elves, very little until the fucking end. It was yeah. barely even there. And the other one was number three. But yeah, you know, I never thought about the fact that that wasn't really Christmas related. I'm not saying anything against it. It was, uh, it, it had a lot of screen time. But let me let me compliment it. I do like that as well. I like that they were going back and forth. I'm a I, I'm a big anthology viewer. If there's an anthology out there that's a horror movie, I will watch it. I don't care if someone said that's fucking uh, what they rated a one. I will still give it my time of day. That's how I am. When it comes to anthology movies or Asian horror, I will watch it. I don't give a fuck. I, I have to get my own opinion. It's just how I am with it. I, yeah. I will watch it. So I love these anthology. I mean, to the point, I I really love them. Creep Show. Is in like my top ten horror movies. Period. I fucking love that movie, and I yeah. love anthologies. But this was there another movie, and I should know. But it's I really like that they did it. it. It definitely fit this movie. How they how they were a little bit here, a little bit there. Is there another movie that's done that? I, I know I've seen it. I just it's on the tip of my tongue. But I can you guys help me with this? Because I don't know. 
Trick or Treat kind of does it, but I'm talking completely where they go back and forth throughout the movie. It's something that I know I've seen. Yeah, I'm trying to think of it. Uh... But do you guys agree with me? That yeah, they're, the they're, theater they're... bizarre. Which one? The theater bizarre. Oh fuck! You know I don't remember. Theater bizarre <laughs> was that from the seventies? No, that was um that was actually three years ago. Well, then that got by me because I did not see it. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I fuck. That's an anthology, huh? Yeah. I'll watch it. <laughs> like I said, I will not pass them up. There was an anthology that was very much like this one with a radio host called Scare Waves that came out this year. Did you see that? No. Yeah, very low budget. Very low budget, but still an anthology worth checking out. I, you know, I wasn't overly impressed, but I'm like you. You know, anthologies, I'll pretty much check out anything. We should do a show one day about anthologies. Yeah. Oh, be- yeah. I, I've yet to meet somebody who hates anthologies because, you know, even if you hate... 75% of the stories is still going to be one that you love. I, I agree. Even if there's one great one. I've seen movies where there was one great one and the rest were average at best. Yeah. But it was worth watching just for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Creepshow 2 is great. Thanks for the ride, lady. <laughs> and then, scared and the, the crap out of me as a kid. Oh, oh the That one scared is, me the most. Oh, oh, but Creepshow 3, I heard, Awful. was garbage. Awful. Awful. Don't fucking bother. Yeah. Maybe we'll do it, though. Maybe I'll force you to do it. We'll do a fucking creep show retrospective. We'll do it's one, awful. two, and three. It, it's awful. Don't fucking bother. See it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's going to make me watch it. Yeah. Another another wonderful thing about podcasts is that it may, sometimes you'll watch movies that you never would have otherwise watched. It, it's a reason. It's a reason sometimes to watch a shit movie. Yeah. I'm sorry. Absolutely. Here's what I noticed about podcasts. It's fun to listen to them, but... Not always when they're always raving and not always when they're always shitting on a movie. It's got to be a nice mix because if you have the right guys doing it, it's fun anyway. I mean, seriously, I some of the best shows I've listened to are guys trashing a fucking movie. It's just it's just fun. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. You as know? long as they're not doing it, like, I mean, sometimes I get my backup when, again, they're bashing it because it's the popular thing to do. Like, oh, I have people that. that, like, they, they just... Well, scream socks because, uh, oh. well, you know what? I love. We, we all know what we love. Well, we talked about them on the on the first show. If it wasn't for Scream, that Scream single handedly resurrected the horror genre when it was pretty much dead and yes. forgotten in the nineties. And with the help of Wes Craven's New Nightmare and I think Scream, I think propelled it. So whether you like it or not, or what followed from that, um, you've got to respect it because of it opening up the floodgates to what we ended up getting later on down the road. Uh, and we've had a lot of fantastic horror films since. I agree. I agree. I don't hate Scream. And that's definitely, an, I I cannot stand people that bash newer horror and that people that bash things just because it's the in thing to do. Oh, yeah. like Because I it's new. Like. Because Michael Bay directed it. Yeah. Uh. Or that, or that—that <laughs> that could be true, though. That could be true, but, but but still, I mean, like, I'm gonna go off topic. But Star Wars, for example, I happen to like every fucking Star Wars movie. I saw your reviews. Okay, so you see what I'm going through: episode one through episode six. This guy loves everything. Love he gives I, everything a ten. I don't give them all a ten. <laughs> no, but, I know. But I do give four, five, and six a ten. But that's another. But as far as the prequels go. I'm tired of fucking defending them because I honestly think that people bash him because it's the thing to do. And when I see people picking on Hayden Christensen for being a bad actor and this and that, I say, how the fuck is Mark Hamill significantly better than Hayden Christensen? And they can't say anything. I'm like, 
Exactly. People will like they'll see something and they'll focus on it and they'll say, "Oh, this is a shit movie because this is this and this guy's acting sucks." I'm like, "Well, you know, I'll flip the script on him. That that shit bothers me when people just go down that road and they're just gonna bash something that's good, what just because it's the in thing to do. Like I'll tell you what, like it follows. I know it's a very divided movie, very. But I know a lot of people that have it in their top five, and I know a lot of people that hate it. Just like Boba Duke last year, same thing. But the other day. I'm on a, a Facebook group, and, and the girl that I'm, that I'm cool with that respects my opinions, she said something about someone else put up their top five for the year. Kind of early, but they did it. And they talked about their top five. And she said something, and we talked a little bit about a, a few different movies. And she goes, oh, It Follows was on his list. And she goes, I won't watch any of the movies on your top five. And I, goes, and I said, well, wait a minute. Why won't you watch It Follows and Clown and whatever the fuck that he had on there? Why won't you watch them? And she says, all I've heard about It Follows has been negative reviews. And I said, you got to be fucking kidding what? me. What? For that movie, a negative review it would be like something unique, I would think. Well, I've seen my share of them, but it's people hate on it because it had so much buzz and because so many other people love them. If it was a movie that nobody talked about and just popped up on the Netflix queue one day, like some independent movie that there was no buzz around, people wouldn't hate it. People hate it because so many other people love it. They watch it. They don't like it. That's fine. They don't get it. That's their opinion. That's fine. But to have everybody trashing it, it's the same thing. They're trashing it just because it's the in thing to do. Yeah, and you still got to watch it. You got to make your own decision. I mean, right. Oh, people bash me all the time for liking certain movies. I liked a certain horror comedy this year, and I got... I got crucified for it. Which one? Gravy? Gravy. I knew it would be gravy. I still haven't watched it, by the way. I I was thoroughly (laughs) entertained by it. I enjoyed it. It was it was fun and I just I mean I like horror comedies. I do. It it's nice to break up all the serious horror films I watch. I need some relief. I can't watch all serious, depressing horror films all the time. No, I agree. I like all I I've loved them from the get go. Yeah. Uh, I even love like like movies that are I like Dead Heat. I love Return of the Living Dead too. I I mean it doesn't I can, yeah uh, absolutely. I mean I I know they're garbage it, to a certain degree, but I still think they're they're fun to watch. Exactly. I'm weird. I, I like typically I'm not a huge fan of horror comedies. However, this year and we'll get to it on the next show when we do our year wrap up. But this year there's been some really good ones. But typically I'm not the I'm not the biggest fan of the goofy type comedy. Like 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 Dead Alive, I just don't like it. Yeah, I know you, you said that. I, and it's yeah. funny because that movie, I mean, they set that up so you know what you're getting yourself into. It's not like they're, you know, right. t- taking you for a ride or, or whatever and then suddenly switching gears on you or whatnot. But they didn't, right. I know. Like, you know, for instance, Deathgasm. If uh, I was 15 years old, that might be my favorite movie. <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. If, if I was, fi- yeah. now, I'm not saying I didn't like it now. But I know my mentality when I was 15, that mm-hmm. would have been my <laughs> ultimate movie. You know? Yep. Just heavy heavy metal, uh, mm-hmm. gore galore, a hot chick side, like, you know, whatever. It was, it was just, that it was just like, this movie rocks. It's like Sam Raimi meets Peter Jackson. They're just, it's like almost like a best of movie. <laughs> interesting, interesting take. But, well, yeah. Anyway, we're getting off topic, but. Oh, yeah, we are. But let me just say one thing, Dead Alive. I don't like goofy. To me, it's goofy right off the bat. I feel like I'm watching Monty Python or something with the way the guy talks, the lead character, my mom, and all this shit. It's just, it's too much for me. I love the end scene. 
I love 10 minutes of the lawnmower fucking mayhem, that massacre. Then the baby, it's it jumps the shark to me. It just goes too far. Like I said, <laughs> comedy, there's a difference between humor and comedy. I prefer humor over comedy with my horror. And, and I'll leave it at that, and I think we're going to talk about it a, a lot more thoroughly on the next show. But Okay. Yeah. So good. anyway, yeah, back to topic. But that was good. If we're going to do it, at least make it interesting. So it was interesting enough that the three of us kept talking. So damn it, yeah. they could listen. Yeah, right, guys? That's it. And if if not, tell us no. Let's take a little detour. Yeah, and if, if you guys don't like it, then tell us. I don't care. We're, we're up for fucking. That's what the group page is for. Yeah. And the email, which we haven't given out yet. But whatever. We're get, we're slow. We're, we're, <laughs> it, it, it takes time. It's a building. We're, you know, we're, you got the foundation. And I thought the group page was for uh, compliments only. Well, we can do that, too. Yeah, we, we you know, we, I, I haven't given... <laughs> I haven't given an official description in the group page, yeah. so I could no, do that. No negative feedback. We're okay. very sensitive. And I'll say that. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> so I, don't, this, I this actually this... don't mind. To tell us. I, I'd rather I'm know. Jo- I'm joking. Of I course, I want all criticism. But I'll say Brandon says compliments only at the end. How's that? <laughs> just, just stroke my ego a little bit. Stroke it, baby. Stroke, stroke it. Right it. on. Here's what I'm Once thinking about. Once you're done about with the ego. <laughs> yeah, right. And, you know, whatever is up to you, whatever yeah. you want to do next. There's, there's female listeners. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, I think that we should take this this film and not dissect it, but review it per segment. Segment. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Instead of trying to go back and forth like that movie, because I think that's just... Oh, I, I didn't even try to keep track of that. It was just you, too many jumps. You can't. I, I started no. taking notes. I'm watching this movie, and it's jumping back where I said, well, I think I'm just going to have different pages for different things. Yeah. So here's the problem with spoilers and none. But you know what? It's fuck it. It's not going to be a problem. We're going to really... talk as much as we can about it, and then... Yeah, I really think the only main spoiler we should avoid is for... Basically, the wraparound segment. Which ties into the, the one. Which ties into Santa and what yeah. he encounters. Yeah, well, that's what... It starts right. with the Santa with the Santa at his workshop and finishes up Santa at a workshop. Which is interesting. It's almost like a second wraparound in a way. And like I said earlier, that gets the least amount of screen time. You yeah. get a few minutes in the beginning and you get what happens at the end. And then in between... They were going back and forth. I don't even want to say if it was in any particular order, but they were doing it, and they were actually skipping the North Pole one. And yes, they, they and were. They, yeah, they were going where the other ones, it was kind of like they were alternating, but sometimes they would just skip it. So there was that little shown on the screen. So yeah. maybe we'll go with the big one first. We'll go with the, uh, I don't know what any of these titles are. We'll just call it... Um, what the, the hallway massacre? What was the joke they said in the fucking movie? <laughs> what did they call that shit? Remember they they were laughing about it because horror, just... horror in the hallways. Horror in the hallways. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if that's what it's called, but I guess that's what we'll call it. I don't think the segments had titles, but that was the title of like the the segment that she was filming. Well, we're going to be a creative show here, and we'll call it horror in the hallways. Hell so, yeah! Although that's not very creative, but we'll see what we can come up with the other ones. Now horror it in beats the hallways. What... Go ahead. <laughs> What's that? No, go ahead. I was going to say, it beats what I wrote down. I wrote down school. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote down school and then wrote notes on the school segment. School is like a... That, if, if, a if a movie nowadays came out, like a horror movie, and it was just this, I could see it being called school. That seems to be the in thing. It'd One be paranormal school. Oh, boy. It'd be an asylum movie then if it'd that was the ghostly. case. It'd be ghostly. It'd be in Redbox and oh, nobody would rent it. <laughs> you're right, too. I don't think any of these movies could work as a full length. 
Which isn't an insult to to the. To no, that. no, no. I can't. I can't see any of them working as a feature line. No. But they do work in, in in the context of this film. So yeah. So that's fine. So let let's get into that. We first of all, Bailey Downs. Does that yep. sound familiar to anybody, or am I fucked up? Bailey Downs. No, it is. I was, oh my god! I read about that. It was um, from Ginger Snaps. Ah, fuck. That's it. That's what it. Thank was. you. Another Canadian movie. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, these directors, if you look at their filmography, a lot of them directed, produced, and I think edited a bunch of the Ginger Snap movies. Wow. So, there you go. That's yeah. Awesome. They all have connections to the Ginger Snap movies. So uh, that makes sense as to why it sounds familiar and why they use it. Actually, a friend of mine from uh, film school was worked on the first Ginger Snaps movie. Like he was, he was just starting out in the industry on that too, because he was like, "Hey, Christian, want to come down to the set? Uh, supposedly they're going to hit a werewolf with a car." I'm like, "What? <laughs> of course I do." And of course wow. I couldn't get there. I don't know what wow. happened, and I just remember it, that movie ended up being Ginger Snaps, and I'm like, wow. "Oh, yeah, that's an awesome wow. movie." Yeah, it, it's honestly, it's my favorite werewolf movie. <laughs> How about that? Wow, that's saying something too, man. It I, is it's saying a great something. movie. It's a great movie. I still have to give that to American Werewolf in London. And American Werewolf in London was my favorite for years and years and years. And last year, I watched Ginger Snaps for the first time probably in about five or six years. It had been a while since I watched it. And I, it was Halloween time, and I was going on a binge where I was trying to watch every single movie relative to Halloween in any way, shape, or form. And I. <laughs> I watched Ginger Snaps with my wife, and when the movie finished, I was like, wow. I said, you know what? That's my fucking favorite werewolf movie. It blew me. I hadn't seen it in so long. I had seen it about three or four times before, but it, I had taken a long break, and I watched it. I said, you know what? I love that movie, and I declare that day. So it's, it's my favorite werewolf movie now. Not to take away from American Werewolf in London because, fuck, it's awesome. I just... I don't know, Ginger Snaps, it really, last time I watched it, you know, sometimes you watch a movie and you have a different reaction. Last time it happened to me, it really took me in when I watched it, so. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah it's good stuff. So there you go. So Bailey Downs, I knew it was familiar. I didn't want to cheat and Google it. I wanted to see if any of you guys knew it, and there you go. Fucking A. And as far as the Canadian thing, I didn't realize it was Canadian until about, I don't know what point in the movie, but I want to say the daughter in the um, the Krampus type story, which I guess we'll title later, I think she said something and I caught it. I caught her saying "out." And <laughs> yeah. Christian, you know that I know because of where I live. I live yeah. fucking right near the Canadian border, so people like me are very. We have that ear where we can talk to somebody and know they're Canadian right away. Yeah, at least Eastern Canadian, because Moods on his show, I didn't even know that dude was Canadian, and he's from. The West Coast. He's from Calgary or some shit like that. And I did not even realize until he said that he was Canadian. So he didn't say the things that the Canadians on the East Coast say. So it's kind of weird. But. Yeah, there's a couple places in Canada where an accent will come into play that typically we're not, familiar, or, you know, realize we have. And then, you know, same with you guys in the right. States. It depends on where you are in the States. And Oh, yeah. And fuck the Southern accent. Forget about it. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gee, but uh, same thing goes for you. You you recognize people from the states, no matter where they are. A New yeah. Yorker, you probably have me pegged as one of those guys that fucking. It's, they it probably sounds a lot worse than it is. Same thing on, on both sides, you know. Or well, I'll pick up on it. So I picked up on the fact that she said something like, "Oh wait," then I think, "Well, a lot of movies are filmed in Canada, so I guess that makes sense." But I didn't know until you said it. This is a complete Canadian production. I had no idea. 
called an American Horror Story. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Christmas Horror Story. Oh, what the fuck? I'm fucked up in the head. Yeah. I'm sorry. Or yeah. Holiday Horror oh, yeah. if you go to Walmart. Fucking Walmart. <laughs> I know. I just read that. I think I just read that today. What the fuck, right? Yeah. And how about that they played on it in this in this very one in the um, hallway massacre or whatever the fuck yeah. it's called horror in the hallway? The girl even said something about oh they don't have a nativity scene up because it's the war on Christmas. And how yeah. how ironic is it that they became they suffered from it? Yeah, weird, huh? I, it's such, it's so bizarre. Like I mean, it is. Like you, you really you're taking Christmas out of the, and turning it to holiday. Like are that politically correct? Like it's just ridiculous. It is it's because now it wouldn't be ridiculous if it wasn't about Christmas. If you take Santa Claus out of the equation and don't have anybody speaking of Christmas, then fine, then fine. But don't, don't have the opening title sequence say Christmas Eve twelve hours earlier, <laughs> right? And then show Santa. I don't get it, and it was only on the DVD in Walmart, and that that's strange too. But I don't get it. I mean, if you go to Walmart and, and want to buy a Christmas story, the old classic. Does it not say that anymore? Or National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? Does it not say that anymore? It's National Lampoon's Holiday Vacation. Yeah, there don't, you go. It's not. It's not. It's the fact that Christmas. That. It's a fact that Christmas was. It's not the political aspect of Christmas being in the title. It's Christmas with horror story. Thereafter, that's what it is. It's, oh, that's the problem. It's a horror issue. Yeah, it isn't Chris- a politically correct issue. Well, period. Maybe it's I'm a- wrong. Maybe I'm wrong in thinking this, but that's no. Exactly, I think that's, it's a horror thing. Yeah, I think it, it pisses was me Christmas off. Horror story. I mean, it- I'm offended more as a horror fan. Yeah, I-, I wasn't offended at all. I was raised a Christian, but that doesn't weigh in at all to how I feel about fucking the political correct. I- I'm-, I'm mad because they're attacking horror. That that means a lot to me. That's fucking. I can't believe that. Wow. Because yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't rev you up because I'm a hundred. No. I'm, I'm second guessing myself. But Brandon, you you seem to Egamon, think... Egamon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get him fired up. Right here I go. Poke the sleeping bear. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm trying to be chiller on the show than I've been on my other show, and I'm trying to be more professional. But I don't know what's gonna happen here. Shit like this. <laughs> Fuck. But no, I, that's crazy. And it, I can really care less about the religious aspect of it. People, if there's a movie about Hanukkah, like I said before, joking. If it was, if you had a Hanukkah movie with a Hanukkah, you're not going to call it Christmas. Of course not. You can call it Hanukkah. That's what you should call it. People celebrate all different type of things. You got Kwanzaa. You got this and that. Here's what I think. There should be a movie made, a horror movie, that has four different holiday horror fucking things. And then they can call it a holiday horror movie. Wouldn't that be cool? One about cool. right? One about all of them represent. You get, you get Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, and I don't know. Yeah, what's Ramadan. number four? Let's get Ramadan. In there. Okay, Ramadan. There you go. There should one hundred percent be. They look like zombies. They're just really hungry, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! There you go. There it is. You heard it here, folks. If you want to fund that, just let us know, and we'll have it written. And I'm we'll direct it for next year. <laughs> no, I'm you're, going, you're going to Hollywood is where you're going. Yeah, I'm going to Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. But call it what you it just it's just weird that they if it didn't have Santa and it didn't have Christmas in it, then no, I could understand to a degree. But if it's about that shit, then call it Christmas, because that's what it is. If a movie's about Hanukkah, call it fucking Hanukkah horror. I don't care, but it's just weird. But anyway, we're, we can't get into politics. That's who the fuck wants to hear that. Have you ever listened to a horror <laughs> podcast that got into politics? If that ever happened to me, I would click right the fuck off, even if I agree with what they were saying. Let's talk Donald Trump. 
I say, <laughs> <laughs> I would turn that fucking shit right off. I go, fuck you. I don't want to hear about politics when I'm on. It's bad enough I got to see it on Facebook. Good God. <laughs> was, it, was it you, Dave, going around unfriending all your friends who are talking politics? Not unfriending, just unfollowing. Unfollowing, that's it. <laughs> I've finally had enough. I've made statements. I've done this and I've done that. Finally, I said, you know, I've been blocking shit for a year. Any page that I see that's politics, I shut it off. Any news thing related, I shut it off. Finally, I said, you know what? I've been a nice guy for a year. I am just going to unfollow anyone that does anything. And that, yeah. that's what I do. I make it make it more fun. Like this. This just, just should be fun. People don't want to fucking tune into a fucking podcast and hear about some serious ass shit, do they? I should hope not, because you're at the wrong place. We're yeah, not going to... Not on this. Not on this one. This is, this no. is about movie. If our podcast was called Some Serious Shit, then yeah. Yeah. And it's not some serious shit. I so, offer nothing serious. Ever. Yeah, that's no fun. <laughs> I'll tell you what, let me say something. As long as we're on the topic, we can, I can segue back into this by talking about a crucifixion in the movie and why I'm confused because they talk about two people, two students, I believe, getting killed at a school. Yes. Now, when this girl shows the video of it, they go downstairs, they saw somebody with their fucking head bashed in, they saw another person in the aftermath come down like fucking like uh like John Carpenter's Halloween that one mm-hmm. scene. And then they show somebody on the wall crucified. Or maybe not crucified. Well yeah they have to be. They they're up there in the Jesus Christ crucifixion pose. Why do they say that only two people got killed? Am I wrong? Um, you guys three victims or my There were two there were two victims, Connor and Jenna. Yes, they talked about two victims. But yeah. When saw the scene, there was a guy with his fucking head bashed and laying on the ground. The, the funhouse style fucking thing that happened afterwards, which was a chick, and somebody against the fucking wall crucified. That I saw three victims. So I, that was bugging me out throughout the film. Like, I see three. That was evidently like a flashback to other victims that had suffered down there because they said it was a former convent and like hospital for young single pregnant women. So what? It was an old victim that no one ever discovered before? Maybe. Okay. I don't know. This this was to me the story that not not confused me, but maybe I didn't take as much interest in because I was just kind of really not getting into it, and I was like, "Come on, just end already." But I tried to pay attention a little bit more this time around, and still the same things didn't make sense to me. There was too much. It, it, it was very long. There was a lot going on. I mean, I wanted to know like what the deal was with the principal. Oh yes, I wanted to ask you guys about that. When they got locked downstairs, now, now once again, maybe I missed something. They went in the school because they got the keys from that one chick that went off with their friends, right? Went off with their family. Right. Okay, with yeah. their family. They were given the keys. So they are in in essence breaking in to a degree. They are going in there, no one's gonna be in there except for these three kids that break in or or, yeah. or, or go in. Now how come when they go in, they go downstairs and it appears they get locked in? And then the person starts calling for a principal. Because they saw that principal walking around the school. That should have been there. And then that, again, it was like almost setting up a, a red herring. Why is he there? But he's there. They hide in that in that room. And then they figure he's still there. So hopefully he can let them out. Okay. Yeah, that's why they're yelling for him later. But they, you know, they, when they first hear him coming down the steps, he's on the phone and he's saying something like, we got to be real careful about this. So you know something's up with him. Why is he in school on Christmas Eve? Why is he sound all nervous on the phone and then he sounds paranoid he freezes because he hears them for a second or he thinks he hears something and <laughs> they're you know they, that's when they quickly opened the door and went went inside 
Okay. And then later they're trying to they're trying to get his attention because they want to get the hell out of there. So I missed that altogether. I didn't remember seeing a principal. That's why I said that. Oh yeah, no, he was you. he was there for okay, a split so second. That's the first instance of me really missing something. Okay, so I don't recall seeing the principal, and I don't recall them saying that it was Christmas Eve. So so thank you for that. So this is so that that was how they they threw that in and tied this into Christmas. Yeah, like they just. Yeah, it, a couple of, like, Brandon, I think you said it earlier, the food drive, it being Christmas oh, yeah. Eve. I mean, and the the girl that gives him the keys, isn't she the one that goes off with the family? Yes. For the other story, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. What? Oh, that was the girl from fucking the That was Krampus Caprice. Thing? Yeah. That was Caprice. Holy shit. Wow. They all connect. You blew my mind just now. Wow. Like the cop in the footage was the, was the guy the Changeling story. I, th- I, I, I kind of thought that later, but I don't remember seeing... Well, they don't show him in it, do they? They show him when yeah. they're watching the footage in the car before they go to the school. Fuck. Wow, you guys. See? So there is. They hey. did the anthology thing, which actually, better than some anthologies that I've seen, where they actually do, do have a piece that has tied them all together a little bit more now, so. Now I'm wondering if, if Dave actually watched the right movie. I told you guys how <laughs> I am. He saw a holiday <laughs> horror story, obviously. Right? So, like, yeah, they, yeah, they cut all that out. Yeah. <laughs> Any like reference to Christmas. Short. Yeah. <laughs> I told you this is how I am now, and, and now it happens. But I, I kind of did think it later on when we were watching, uh, whatever tree, whatever uh, changeling, um, that the guy was a cop and he was looking at the cop shit. I was thinking, I wonder if they're gonna tie it into the fact that he was the cop from the, but they already did. So I was halfway there. Yeah. Okay. Oh well, that's really cool. I do see now. This is a different thing. Maybe now my rating is gonna go up now because of that. So. The opposite of what happened with the last review. Wow. <laughs> okay. So the school was a convent before it became a school, correct? Yeah, a convent slash hospital for promiscuous single young women. <laughs> That's I, what yeah. it was? They were promiscuous? Well, they got pre- yeah, it was pretty They got much. pregnant. <laughs> yeah. They got pregnant. Oh, yeah. and nuns are fucking performing abortions. And there was a 15-year-old that died in an abortion attempt. That's basically what... Only in these Catholic academies, huh? I mean, I... Right? I don't know why it's always a setup. It's always... Saint, it's St. Saint Joseph's Academy in this. It's always a Catholic academy that was built on some sort of convent slash institution slash hospital where all this craziness happened. So I guess the Catholics, and I should know I was raised Catholic, I guess they have an inn on, like, asylums and things that way. Yeah. <laughs> and other religions don't? I don't know. I, I'm... I don't know. I, don't, I haven't spent much time at asylums and not enough time at ter- church either, apparently. So I, I don't know. Is the school open? That's my question. They're on break for another week. Christmas yeah, vacation. They Christmas brought vacation, it up. Because yeah. when they get stuck down there, they even say the school's not going to open back up for another week or 10 days or something. It's holiday break, as they yeah. say, daughter's school. Okay, and the right. one kid's complaining that he, he's not going to get his one present that night. And I'm just like, oh, come on. <laughs> oh, wait. So he was Jewish? No, he, get, he gets... Oh, he gets a present on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, he gets to open one gift. I'm re- sorry. So they really weave that in, too, I guess. Yeah, he was acting like a little Eve. bitch. Yeah. <laughs> he was. But, you know, I, I do admit that I... Two things. I like the fact that they didn't go full found footage with this episode uh, because I'm not a fan, as I told you. But they they weave it in. Like, I mean, it, yeah. it would be the found footage episode, I guess, so to speak. Um, and I thought they made the characters a little bit more likable, although they do... Although he's a little whiny and whatnot, when I guess the the boyfriend, uh, she comes on to him and whatever, and he kind of 
says, no, I'm not interested. I've got a girlfriend. Like, typically they make guys in these movies such jerks. It doesn't matter if they have a girlfriend who they just left 10 minutes ago. If someone shows remote interest in them, they're all over them in a second. Yeah, you finally and, see a nice guy do the right thing, and then the next scene he has a cross stuck in his skull. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. Anyway. Oops. Spoiler. Yeah. At least he was he was faithful to his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, well, he went out on top, I guess. I mean, he it, it, that's unusual to see. That's like he said. It's usually guys they don't give a fuck in these movies. They're just young people. They're just fucking whoever they can. So that's what happens. This is the opposite. Usually in a movie, when you're bad, you get killed, right? That's yeah. The old, the old yeah. adage, the the old slasher thing, the rules. You fucking you have sex, you die. You do something wrong. This movie. Or in this segment, I should say. He does the right thing. Yeah, fuck it. They, they stuck it right to him. And what about the saying that was um, on the wall? Unto us... A child is born. Yeah, and unto us a son is given. So it ties in with Jesus, which I believe is that's from the Bible. And then it ties in with what happens later on. When we get to, the, I guess, I guess we can spoil that part. I don't know. I don't know if we should should bring that out or not. About what, what yeah, this is. I mean, how, yeah, we can't really break up each segment and say spoilers. No, we can't. Or... So we can't say that. But we can just say that it does It does lead to what happens later on. I mean, yeah. as confusing as it is and why. Why yeah, does it... it happen? We don't know. And that, to me, is a critical thing with this movie. That's one negative I have is that I really don't like the way they summed up. I don't like the way they ended. Uh, I, I, I don't think I like the way... Well, no. All, not all segments or just this particular segment? Majority. Major- I would say three out of four. I don't like the way they ended. Really? That was my knock on it. I guess we'll mm. get to it when we get to it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one was a happy ending, which I'm really not a fan of. One was uh, un- unexplained. This one doesn't really. This one was very unexplained because, I mean, the lead female character in the story gives a quick explanation as to why, why they're being spared because they helped. And, you know, the the kids who were killed a year earlier didn't help. But then one of them is killed anyway. And what's with the baby then? I, I don't get it. What, what, what is yeah, it, makes, it makes no sense to me. That's what I'm saying. That makes no sense. What's happening? That's a, that, honestly, okay, if I am going to rewind and say something I said earlier, none of them could be a feature. This could have been a feature. Maybe not a very good feature, but I could have seen this being flushed out more and having more people in it. And more explained, and maybe even, God forbid me say it, but maybe even gone with more found footage stuff on it. It God could have. Forbid. I know you don't like it. <laughs> I, I do like it, and but I, I do know a shit one when I see one. And this could have been an average found footage, half found footage movie that would have been better if it was flushed out more and we had more explanation. It could have been a better, better as a feature. So everything I said before, I think this is the only one that I think could have benefited from being a feature. Could have this, this one. Uh, this segment actually did have a couple of scares, albeit they're the jump scare tactic or or whatnot. But it just I don't know. It just didn't. The other ones I I enjoyed more thoroughly. And you're right. I think the resolution there wasn't much of a resolution to this episode. It was interesting, but we don't get the answer of why. You see the cause and the effect, and and you see some creepy shit, and you see the nuns, and you see the, it, that 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 scene was cool with. You know, the bloody nuns doing their thing, I guess, performing an abortion, I, I imagine, which is weird, because why would nuns perform an abortion? It's supposed to be something they're against, but whatever. And what's uh, the end game here? Like, right. what happens? Nine months later, she 
delivers this baby. Right. It's just not. It, yeah. It's. Not but isn't that isn't that the? Um, I guess that's the lore and the the cop out nature of an anthology and correct me if i'm wrong they're kind of one joke movie uh, like mini movies they don't have to go through all that that's kind of the fun you get to have with them i just get to make a little short movie and i don't necessarily have to explain everything because the goal at the end of the day is to shock and to kind of leave you either thinking or sum it up and then boom you're on to the next segment anyway now this yeah. one has the tendency of intertwining the all, all the stories together i mean you you said creep show was in your top 10 but and i love creep show too but really it's a big setup to give you that one joke payoff like where's my cake <laughs> or whatever <laughs> like well creep show and i'll even give you jordy Vero as being somewhat weak i will i'll give you that but overall the creep show to me is granted i like the stories love some of them it was all about the presentation more than anything. Uh, the, the comic book atmosphere and the lighting is fucking extraordinary. And the, the stories are all good. The, the makeup effects are top-notch. The music is top-notch. It's just the presentation of the movie as a whole and the comic book gimmick, which hasn't been done before since even close as to what's been done in, in that movie, is what it is. That's what I love about Creepshow. I was actually blown away, to be honest, with the production value of this movie as a whole. Not just this episode, but the whole movie as a whole. I, it's, it was a definitely looked better than I was expecting it to look. A couple of issues with some, uh, and some CGI, but for the most part, the movie looked great. Yeah, it did. It did look great. The CGI yeah. blood, it's here and there. And yes, it was well, I agree with that. It, it was well produced. It looked well, it looked good. Is there anything we want to talk about with this one before we move on to whatever's next? It's my least favorite of the four, but, you know, very average, but... It's your least favorite, yeah? Yeah. I could say that another one was my least favorite, but because of spoilers, because of what happened at the fucking very end, it became fucking much better. But throughout the movie, it was my least favorite. Actually, where are we now? We may as well talk about this. Uh, yeah. Okay. The next one, who's got a title? Anybody? We'll call it Santa Slays. Okay. Santa Slays. Okay, I can dig that. Yeah. Beats, beats mine. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, what, what did you have for the. I was going to go with like the North Pole outbreak. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Santa Slays, even though it rips off Santa's sleigh, I'll still take it. I'll still, I'll still, I'll still take it. <laughs> and you guys both had one and I had shit, so I can't complain. So now, Santa Slays. Uh,. Basically, it's very simple and very short. Santa's just there, and this this one elf, he's dealing with his elves, and is that supposed to be his wife, I guess? Yeah. The I hot little number. That she's kind of young and hot to be <laughs> his wife, but whatever. So for the sake of the, of, the, of the film, we'll say this is his wife. So they're getting ready. Christmas is coming, whatever. They're having a, a feast, I guess, and he's with these elves. And this one, uh, this one elf, shiny. 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 He says he's not hungry. He's like, I'm not hungry. Like, no. I don't want a goddamn cookie, you reindeer fucking snow whore. <laughs> <laughs> I had to write it down. <laughs> That's what he said to Mrs. Claus. It's so crazy. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. And then he takes a hatchet to his own hand. I thought yeah. he was taking it to her, right? Yeah, no, Shiny, Shiny was losing it. He fucking chopped off his hand. And I'm thinking, <laughs> okay, uh... And then he just, it just becomes a little bit of vulgarity. It's very vulgar. He's very vulgar, cocksucker this and yeah. that. And, you know, the, I, don't think, I don't even know if the other one spoke after. Basically, this shiny elf goes fucking crazy, 
says he's not hungry, chops his fucking hand, <laughs> and Santa is like onto it, saying, "Well, I think that he might be uh, infected." And then it just becomes zombie elves one after another, fucking chasing Santa and his wife, and him going crazy. I mean, what what else can we add to that, really? Yeah, it's literally rampant rabbit elves and Santa slaying them one by one. Yeah, I'll yeah. tell you this. I do like the gore in this one. We did. There was that one sequence where Santa went ape shit and fucking whacked about five elves. I lo- I didn't like it until that scene. Just I'm zombied out, as I said before, and I just wasn't that interested in seeing. It wasn't explained why would this happen. So, yeah, you d- you didn't even get an explanation for it because you yeah. thought it was going to be maybe the cookies, but he was infected before he even said no to a cookie. Yeah, and Santa knew it. Yeah, and then he dies, and everyone's freaking out because elves don't die, and they're looking like, do they? It's just they cut away, and then they go to another feature, another segment, and they come back, and more Hellbreak, and you get, you get that one inc- that instance in the elevator when he, he goes off. Yeah. You get a this couple one- good things. I'm not going to say it was shit. And I don't even think you could say much more until we go to the spoilers. Right. Yeah, that's and- pretty much what it was. This one benefits, I think, from cutting back and forth. I think if it was just played maybe straight through on this one in particular, kind of just, you know, I don't know how long it was, but say it was 25 minutes straight of him just fighting elves, it would have just gotten mm-hmm. kind of like get to the point already. It would have been like that one in fucking VHS viral with the skateboard kids just fucking going crazy. See, VHS viral is just one big what the fuck is going on to me. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. But speaking of VHS, this actually kind of reminds me of that one that was in VHS 2 with the uh, the zombie biker. You know? Where yeah. It's, uh-huh. yeah. It's, it, 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 it's kind of reminiscent of that. And it's just action going on and this and that and zombies coming and things happening. And it doesn't play out as a movie, of course. I guess a short segment, yeah. But honestly, I guess... I would rather see it in this fashion than played straight out, where they are going back and forth. So I think maybe in retrospect, I understand why. And, of course, when we get to spoilers, it has a great payoff. So that's cool. But as I'm watching the movie, sitting down watching it, I'm just like, eh, they could have gone. I I consider this one like filler as I'm watching it. I'm like, Mm -hmm. eh, this doesn't really do anything for me. Until we get to the gore in the last segment, and then, then it pays off. So. But really, what else is there to say? The fact that he called him a Christmas cunt was kind of funny. <laughs> it's funny that that almost becomes like the image that you see on on the cover. And it does have that cool ending, like to uh, with him fighting Krampus, you know, and that's where kind of that segment ends before the mm-hmm. end, before the big reveal. Which yeah. is which is cool. Like when he gets yeah. to the very end, there was a payoff. So yeah, that that did bump it up. But as I'm watching it. As I sat down and watched the movie, I really wasn't into it because it didn't make sense. Why would the fu- why would a zombie elf chop off his own hand and be in a pissed off mood? And then, and then Santa knew he was infected, and then all of a sudden they're all infected, and it just was, it was just weird, you know. It's funny. I, ju- I totally took it as face value. I didn't even question it once. And I find if a movie does that, I can go along for the ride. And then other times, I'll I'll sit back and go, "What the hell's going on here?" Why the hell did that happen? But I actually admittedly, you started cutting into his hand, and I'm like, okay, they're jumping right into this, and he didn't want a cookie, evidently. <laughs> no, I guess not. He didn't, you know, he wanted to eat a person, but he wasn't ready to do it yet, which was weird, but okay. <laughs> it is what it is. Okay, well, I guess we'll go to the next one. There's really nothing to add there, right? It's just... Nope. Not till spoilers. All right. 
So now I guess we have the uh, the little Krampus story, and this was interesting. Krampus is all over the place this year, and yeah, you really can't complain. Nobody's really biting from anybody. It just happened to come to the forefront, but the Krampus story goes back years, so it's not like you know one guy wrote about it, everybody's biting on it, off it. It's just this Krampus story exists, and the way it was described in this movie was a lot didn't look the same, but the backstory was very similar to the movie Krampus. So I guess that that is what it is. That, they, you know, if, if you don't have the spirit and if you're not a believer in this and that and you look at things negatively, you get punished. The the anti-clause, instead of being rewarded for good, you get punished for bad is what it comes down to. I was a fan of this segment, the this Krampus segment. You liked it? I did. I, I actually like this one a lot. Other yeah. than, like until the end. Yeah, until the very end. Definitely, that's where. Yeah, it, the, I, yeah, the end happy. was a little bit of a letdown. It didn't yeah. make sense. That's all. Well, no, it, it actually it it made perfect sense. Ah, uh, well, you know, we'll wait for spoilers for that. Yeah, we'll wait for spoilers. It it actually it made perfect sense, but it was just mm. very simplistic in the way it made sense. After seeing "Merry Christmas, motherfucker," which I hate that shit. I hate when they do that in fucking horror movies. Welcome to Texas, motherfucker. See you in hell, motherfucker. You know, the thing they've been doing lately with the final girl and the villain, I don't like that. It's just a small complaint. Whatever. But after seeing what happened there, what happens next when they go in the house makes no sense. But we'll get to that in spoilers, and it is what it is. But this is, I guess, to pick it up on this story, this family, which I just found out, the the girl that dropped off the, the keys to the school, and her family, she has her brother and her mother and father, they're taking a trip out to their aunt's house or something. Yeah, and Aunt they, Etta. Aunt Etta. They never see her. And the father owns some some company called Bioplex. And they're going there, and, and they go to visit the aunt. And I guess it's a surprise visit, but only the father knows. So they get there, and it's really strange. And the young boy is kind of an asshole because he sees, like, this statue, and she has these expensive statues, and is it the guy or is it her that yells and says, don't touch it? She yells first, but then the guy gets mad. He's the one who kind of, like, instigates him before he pushes it. But that kid was not kind of an asshole. That kid was full-on asshole. (laughs) (laughs) That 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 kid was a piece of shit. Yeah, he was. He breaks this fucking Krampus statue. Yeah, and the, uh, the groundskeeper is like... That was not smart of you. That was not wise, I believe he says. Yeah, and why would you do that? He was being yeah. an asshole. And then the chick fucking steals this thing, which you don't know what it is. We find out later. And yeah. this yeah. guy wants, the father wants to talk to the aunt about something. He actually had bad relations with his mother and something. He's trying to smooth something out and talk. We don't really get the gist of it. He's, he's trying to get money from her. It's well, kind of yeah. revealed later that you know yes. he's, he's trying to scam money. Exactly. He's trying to get some money because the business is, is failing. And that all comes out later when they're in the church and they're confessing their sins, basically. Because they get kicked out of the house, especially because the son's an asshole. So they get kicked out. The woman says, get the fuck out, whatever. They get stuck in the snow. But they get stuck in the snow because something runs by. And they get a warning about Krampus and whatever. Something runs by when they're driving. The truck gets stuck in the snow and they're walking. Next thing you know, you hear like, you hear like chains and you hear like noises and growling, I guess you would say. And... Then the, the, the father gets attacked with something, but you don't see it. You hear a noise of a chain, like someone taking a chain and throwing it at you with a hook on the end maybe or something, and he gets hurt and he's bleeding. Yeah, I think Krampus was trying to chain 
uh, Hook, uh, the father, and he, like, popped him right in the stomach and cut him open. Yeah, it was fucked up. And then the kid goes missing. Yeah, the son Yeah, well, the kid goes to get the flare, and then he gets chained and pulled away by, by Krampus. But we don't see the chain there either, do we? We just see him being pulled away? I think we see it go, like, around his, his foot. Okay. I, I wasn't quite sure. On yeah, that. I think it goes around his foot, and then they drag him away, but... That was that was like the best part of that segment. It's like, good, get rid of this kid. I know, yeah, <laughs> asshole. And then they're searching for him, and they they then they get into the church, and they're talking, and they can't find the boy, and they're in there, and they're panicking because they hear noises, and the father's hurt, and everything else, and then the girl confesses to the, that she's like fucking. They basically all confess their sins. They've all done things. Yeah. Without without giving everything yeah, she, away. She, yeah. Okay. She, well, well, we have to give the one thing away. She's a klepto. Yeah. You know. And but she, she has, doesn't do drugs or have sex, she says. So she's a good girl, except for this one thing. Right, right. Well, <laughs> honestly, if I, if my daughter grows up and that's her biggest problem at that age, I'll take that over drugs and sex, too. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I could see that. But she says, yeah, I don't do this. I don't do that. I'm on a cutter, she says. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a cutter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's that common this day and age. The fucking girls are cutting themselves. So, yeah, they confess their sins. You know, the guy gets yanked out of the church. All of a sudden, the fucking chain comes in again. This time we see it, right? Yeah. Then the girl goes back to the aunt's house because what the fuck else am I going to do? Well, first she hides in the uh, in the confessional with her mother. That was a good scene. Actually, I like that scene uh, because this family was all horrible people. And it just felt like they turned human in that one scene in the church. Yeah, and they totally forgot about the kid, Duncan, because as it's <laughs> oh, brought up, he's, yeah. he's basically a serial killer in the making. He's been killing all the family pets and smiling yeah. about it. Yeah, he's little Mikey Myers. Right, yeah. from Bob so, Zombies movie. So they did, once, once the daughter told them that, they're like, ah, fuck him. We don't need to look for him anymore. Let's confess our sins and try to make it out, the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck his ass. Yep. So then the chick takes off, goes back to the aunt's house, faces off with Krampus, and then goes inside, and other things ensue, and the woman's, uh, she sees her aunt, and that's why I was a little confused yeah. with what the aunt said to her. She was saying something like, because she said, you sent um, that guy away because you were afraid Krampus was going to come get you because he broke the statue, and she was like, no, it wasn't that at all. So that was a little weird. I don't know what I missed there, but... I think the ending, we, the ending felt tagged on to me again, but yeah, it was definitely tagged on. But they just made it like overly simplistic for that. I mean, it was so convenient how she had the lighter to fight the Krampus outside. Yeah. Oh yeah, but they did show her that she kleptoed it. They we didn't know what it was at first. See that that didn't bother me. We we saw that she took something quickly. We didn't know what it was. Then later on, she says something, and then we see she opens up like, oh okay, it's a lighter. That's what it is, and so. It fit into her fight with the Krampus. Yeah. So that I was actually okay with. And what I'm not okay with, I guess we'll wait till we get to, to spoilers. It, it seemed really obvious to me. Well, it didn't make sense that one thing happened and then all of a sudden something else happened. But I guess, yeah. I guess we'll get to that after. So You're going to be underwhelmed with the explanation, but it's just so simple because, like Christian says, it was kind of just tacked on. And it was, and that, that it's just... The way it ended, I didn't like. But maybe you guys will turn it around for me. Even if you say I'll be underwhelmed, as long as there's an explanation that makes sense to me, mm-hmm. maybe I'll be okay with it. So do we have anything else to add to that? No, nope, uh-huh. I think that sums up that episode. So that leaves us with the uh, 
the tree family, or I don't know, changeling. Changeling, <laughs> yes, <laughs> the changeling. That's very we can cool. go with tree family since that's the first one you came up with. Yeah, I, that's what I wrote down. And I, <laughs> that, that, that I was trying to when I decided that it was jumping around so much, and I was taking my notes. I had to give everything a little label so I know. So I called them tree family. Yeah, yeah, I have so. cop forest. Cop forest. I don't. I just write <laughs> gibberish because he was the cop from the video at the beginning, and they're in the forest. I'm like, okay, the cop forest story. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay, I, I guess it's as good as Tree Family. I don't know. <laughs> I like Tree Family. I would go see that movie. Tree <laughs> Family. Yeah, tree right? Family. So like something for kids, totally. The Tree Family Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so the Tree Family that they they start off like Christmas vacation, or the the Griswolds are going to fucking get a tree. I guess it's they're trespassing, and they're going to go to a place, and they're going to chop down their own tree. And mm-hmm. the husband's a cop, and he says something about that he's a cop. I don't know how it goes. Well, I don't know how it comes up, but it is definitely mentioned. And they go, and they decide to go to this place and chop down a tree. The boy's coughing. We find out that he has asthma because later on he goes missing in the woods while they're there, and he had, they pick up his inhaler. So... Then we find out that that's what it is. It's asthma. Because he's coughing. I think it was before he was coughing, She said the mother said to him, oh, are you okay? As they were going up the thing. And I'm thinking, yeah. I thought that was going to really lead to something. Like maybe the kid was dying. I had no idea where it was going to go in the beginning. But it wasn't that. But it still made sense because later on when they see that the boy is no longer coughing, they know something's up. Yeah. And then so they like, find them in that big Keebler tree. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> the Keebler Hollow Tree. Yes. <laughs> so the kid gets lost. They find him in a tree. They take him home, and the kid's fucking not acting himself at all. Right? He's fucking. He's hungry. He's eating a lot of spaghetti. Right? He's eating like a motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> he's car. He was running a marathon the next day, I believe. He was carboat loading. I do think this one actually had some of the better acting, in my opinion. Like, although when that kid lashes out. With that fork oh, God, at the yeah. dad, I this is when I when it takes me out of a movie because the next scene, like like he was about to hit the kid, but then the mom's like, "Hey, don't, don't, don't," because it's a natural re- reaction. Like what that, like not not to hit your kid, but like just to strike back, like someone just lashed out at you to defend yourself or to to sort of hit back. But they they just cut to the next scene. He's just like. Oh, I think he's opening wine with like a Band-Aid on his arm or whatever like that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, what? That would not be what happens next. I'd be like, kid, what's going on here? Like, I mean, they just <laughs> they just let it go so easily. Like, he literally just lashed out and stabbed his father with a fork in the hand. Insane. Yeah. Insane. Well, there's. I'll tell you what. There's two things I'll say about that. Number one, I have a daughter who's nine. I have spanked her less than five times in my life. Doesn't happen. It's got to be extreme. If my daughter stabbed me in the hand with a fucking, <laughs> I'm gonna spank her. I'm yeah. sorry. Say what you want about me as a parent. To me, that that is deserving of a spanking. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Maybe right. a trip to the, like the uh, doctor. There, just yeah, the therapist. Like, why something? Right. Stop stabbing daddy. Stop Get stabbing the, daddy. Get the fuck out. Now they do. I, I will defend them, and I, I will defend the story. They play on it later a little bit. When the woman says something to her husband about having a problem, yes, because he, yeah, right. So I could see that happening. He may have been abusive in the past or raised his hand when he shouldn't have. There's something underlying in the story here. Oh, he's whipping up his belt. He's about to whip him with the belt later. Well, there you go. He was going to whip him with the belt. <laughs> There's that minor yeah, but... plot f- part point of him. Yeah, they didn't really get into his belt. 
whether or not he's abusive, but the thing they're referring to with the past is the it's basically been a year since he's been on the force. For that video. Oh. Don't forget, he, he lost kids, it right? in that video. He started singing, and he took leave after that. He basically had a mental break. So he's kind of, I guess, been distant from the family and stuff like that. So he's kind of disconnected from them, and just I think that's really what the issue was. See, that's really cool. So I think he just, yeah, he, because as a result of what happened with the news story, with, you know, finding the kids there, maybe he did something and he used the belt on his kid because he was stressed out. Yeah. There was an issue. And I could see a woman, you know, the guy's wife is giving him shit and he has to basically fucking, he doesn't want to turn into a bigger thing than it is, even though he knows he's in the right, but because of the problems in the past, I could see that. He goes, he lays down on the couch and he has a few drinks, and he lets his wife go in the other room and take care of the kid. And so I could see that. I, I will yeah. forgive them for that, for him not spanking for that reason. So what Christian said about the next scene being that way, I, I, I really I could see that based upon the past that they alluded to. And mm-hmm. he doesn't want his wife to fucking get too mad at him. We all do it with, with women. You know, they, they, <laughs> we've done it. They, they act a certain way. And like, okay, all right, you know what? It's not worth it. Why piss my wife off and make this a bigger problem than it is? I'll fucking chill for a minute, and then I'll address it later or something. So I could see that happening. That doesn't so because she says you should see you should see a doctor or something, and he says yeah. something about it's been a while. He was trying to get laid, right? Oh, so yeah, a, that fails miserably. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So their sex life's been suffering because he's been on leave, and evidently they're just not getting along well. So it's really smart, actually, if it's tying into him being the cop there, which I didn't realize before. Yeah. So I actually like the story more because of that, because he becomes the focus of this, where he's had issues within his household because of what's happened on the job, and that's yeah. This was probably my favorite story of them all, believe it or not. And I have a feeling that a lot of people probably didn't like this story, but I liked it. Very atmospheric. Had the best acting. I mean, I thought the wife was terrific. Yeah. She was fantastic. The, yeah, the she kid, like she belongs kid. in regular like Hollywood type films. Like she's yeah. a really good actress. I really do like this one. This might be my favorite as well. So especially because of what I've learned talking to you guys about it, how he was the cop. I didn't know that. You're so, welcome. Yeah, see, that's what I'm telling. You. That's what's great. You're welcome. It's great about podcast, <laughs> man. You know? So the kids are bugging the fuck out. He's doing this. He's fucking. He doesn't want to smile for a picture. He's being an asshole. Let's not try to forget about the kid trying to fuck his mom too. Well, that's the next scene. Yeah, sorry. And then, then it pans right to yeah. her fast asleep, and all of a sudden he comes from under the covers and starts molesting his mother. <laughs> but was Which, that him, or was nobody well, in the room? No, it was him. You see oh, him run yeah. out. Oh, yeah. I didn't catch that. You ran out. I just thought she was dreaming. Oh. No, she wasn't dreaming because she walks into the room after, and he's still awake. Okay. See, I just thought that she just imagined it and she was dreaming. I didn't see him running out. What the fuck? No, because she had, I think she had gotten the call already. she got gotten the call first from the um, landowner saying something that, um... About him being a fucking changeling? <laughs> that the son isn't what he seems. But she, he, he, he was very cryptic, so she was just like, stop calling, you know, get out of here. And then, of course, the father comes into the room later on after the kid broke all the gifts and starts flipping out and... Just goes from there. Right. And he once again, the guy was in the right there. I mean, get the fuck out. He's already causing all this trouble. Then he passes out a little bit. Like He wakes up and he sees that the kid destroyed gifts. Yeah, especially like, the gift he got his wife. He was like really looking forward to like mending his relationship with his wife with that gift. I don't know what it was. It looked like perfume, perfume or something. Yeah. But yeah. But he had smashed Spanish the bottle. 
<laughs> Reached in the locker, grabbed the Spanish fly. Yeah. yeah. Did you see the look the kid gave him? The smile? Yeah. Oh, man. I thought he, was, he should have killed him right there. Evil little bastard, right? For a while, I thought maybe it was a stepson, and that's what was going on here because of her defensiveness to him and his attitude. But You were, you were digging deep. I was. I was yeah. figuring maybe that's why. Maybe he didn't want to do this, or maybe she felt he didn't have the right to, to give him spankings and... You know, but then <laughs> he was whipping up. So you think maybe if she <laughs> knew he broke the perfume and the perfume was meant for her, that she would have said, and I'm not so protective of my son anymore. <laughs> and uh, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Lay a beating on him. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe that would change your attitude about it. I don't know. <laughs> I just, because I wasn't thinking about the cop thing, about him being tied in. So. Now I, I want to watch this a second time, knowing knowing that because that's that's really cool. Because you then you do see him reading all that cop shit, and that's what I'm looking at. And there's Bailey Downs. He's looking at the stuff with the girls, looking at yeah. police records and newspapers and shit like that. I'm like, okay, so this takes place in Bailey Downs as well. Okay, that's cool. Obviously, Santa Claus didn't take place in Bailey Downs, and I don't recall them mentioning it in the Krampus one. I don't know. It may or may not have come up. I don't know, but. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. That's a nice little nod to the other they, story. They, for all, they, all t- they all take place in Bailey Downs. Yeah, I figured it out later, especially when, what's his name, when Shatner says something on the radio about yeah. the history in Bailey Downs and things like that. So I find it interesting that, again, the violence in, in this story took place right after a nice moment where the father like gives a little speech like from outside the son's door saying, like, I, you know, I'm trying to be better, you know, I'm sorry, you know. It's like, ah, oh, nice, peaceful, nice resolution. And then... <laughs> and then, and then, what, and then, then what happens with his fucking ass? I yeah, mean, I don't know what, what he did to him, but he was crawling on the ceiling, and then all of a sudden he's under the Christmas tree with the belt around his neck and one of his hands cut off. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that was his whipping hand. Yeah, makes sense. That, that's why I was because I was kind of questioning. I go, why? Does his hand cut off? So <laughs> I'll take it for yeah. this. Yeah, and then I, and then I guess does he, she calls the guy back she, or yeah she calls yeah. him back and he's like oh, i guess you're ready to listen now mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, get your son right. in a bag and bring him back to me <laughs> <laughs> get him in a bag. <laughs> don't make him suspicious and then her fucking dumbass walks out there with a bat in her hand <laughs> yeah that's yeah. not suspicious you want to go for a ride right <laughs> come on yeah. we're gonna go play fucking baseball <laughs> sit a sack over here <laughs> get in the sack will <laughs> yeah hop in come on we're gonna go here we're gonna take you to the diamond i got there's a new game <laughs> then I, she finally gets smart she goes back and then she meets the guy and the guy's like well I'm protecting these people or what did he call them trolls or was it me did he say they were trolls yeah I believe it was a troll farm a troll farm <laughs> a, a, a troll slash Christmas tree farm it's, that's what he does for a yeah. living like, well I take care of trolls and I was I, it I, trolls I don't I don't know I think it was trolls I think he <laughs> called it he called he called it a fucking changeling on the phone yeah right but then when he got there i'm pretty sure he said something about trolls i'm like okay whatever yeah and that story just kind of i mean this is the 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 story with any anthology film they wrap up very quickly you know nice and tidy real quick and this one was no different but i still liked it i I like it more now knowing what i know yeah definitely helped and they have a face-off, and then she wants her kid back. The guy says the kid's there, 
And then she gets there and he finds out getting the kid back is not going to be so easy. He just really wanted that fucking changeling back because he knows what it can do. And it's funny the way he was talking to it like he was his father. Look what you've done now. It was great. Did he, did he kick the bag? <laughs> he did kick the bag. Yeah. He was scolding it. It was great. Well, that's why I think, isn't that why when she shoots him, that's what leads up for him to shoot because she's scared. But it's almost like she killed the Wizard of Oz and now all the little hobgoblin guys are like, here's your son back. And like, Oh yeah, definitely. And then he she's was like abusive. The, the savior was, and whatever. Yeah, that's deep. Yeah, she freed them. <laughs> uh, are you fucking serious? That didn't even occur to me. You, so yeah. You oh, absolutely. Oz, you think the Wizard of Oz was abusive? <laughs> 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 I gotta watch that movie again. I gotta look back. Who and... did he abuse? Who did he have? The fucking. Wait, was... what are we talking about? He here? wasn't yeah. in charge of the monkeys. <laughs> we lost are we talking to me? The witch ruled the monkeys, right? <laughs> Who did the Wizard of Oz have working for him? I don't know, but everybody was bowing down to his every word. (laughs) No, this guy was abusing those trolls. (laughs) So wait a minute, this guy has power... We're in the Wizard I'm of confused. Oz, but it's still what, what happened? What, what's going on with <laughs> What the fuck? So you think that this guy really had power over the trolls? Yeah, you saw yeah. how abusive. He was kicking it, yelling yeah. at it. They were, they were hiding in the woods, like, scared to come out. That's well, why I know. they give the sun back. Like they, she I mean, they, they could have easily overpowered the guy. He said, <laughs> I know how to handle them. He handles them with fear. Yeah. What the There's fuck? There's like a thousand of them and one of him. I always love that. And like, Yeah, he, they could have easily killed him, but he scared them because he hit them. <laughs> so I just figured this one was in a weakened state because it got fucking pummeled with a bat and put in a sleeping bag. He did have a bruised eye, if you noticed. It was yeah, oh, yeah, when they showed him, he was all fucking bruised. Yeah. So I didn't think I thought that he was basically a slave to them, but he knew how to fucking handle them. Maybe they hid in trees. They can only hang out in trees. That's why he had a Christmas tree place or a tree farm or whatever the fuck you want to call it. A troll farm <laughs> with trees. A troll a tree farm, farm, yes. Or a tree farm with trolls. I don't know. Right, he had it going on, so he kept them happy, and in turn they kept him happy because he had a tree business. And uh, I didn't think anything about abuse. So you think the boy came back? <laughs> Because of uh, uh, they, they were freed, they were grateful. Yeah, yeah they, they were, were grateful. grateful. So they they thank you for uh, killing our mean master, and uh, here's your son back. But they happy were evil. But wait a minute, happy how they were evil motherfuckers. But how happy of an ending it is. She still has to go home to a dead husband. And yeah, how is she going to explain that? that? Yeah, I love <laughs> you. Whenever they have to explain something, that's what I always go back to. Like yeah. I want to f- see the follow up to that. Like what happens thirty minutes from that scene. I was going to say 20 minutes, but I'd like to see 30 minutes later when they walk in the house and, yeah. Mommy, why is Daddy dead under the tree with a hand missing? Oh, Go yeah. to sleep, Will. Merry... Go to sleep. We'll talk about it in the morning. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's your present. Just try to sleep. He'll never hurt Santa you again. should be here any minute. <laughs> Maybe he wanted him dead because he hit him with the belt one too many times. Maybe he's happy about it. <laughs> it is a happy ending after all. <laughs> I want to see a sequel to this. I like to see what these fucking hobgoblins do when they escape. <laughs> I just love the fact that you're calling them hobgoblins. <laughs> <laughs> but they're evil, aren't they? Think about what this thing did. It came there. All it did was eat a bunch of spaghetti, cause trouble, <laughs> fucking stab somebody in the hand, and try to f- and grope a fucking woman. There's nothing good about that. You know, it even says on Wikipedia, this ultimately ends with Kim shooting Big Earl, who was actually the Changeling's master. Finally free, the Changeling's return uh, to his home and free will. Free Willy. Yeah, no free Willy. The hobgoblins. Eh? Hob- yeah. It doesn't say whether it was a troll farm or a hobgoblin farm. <laughs> I, I just, I can't 
get over that. I, I never thought that he was in charge of them. I thought that he was like a guy that reluctantly had to take care of them. Like the guy in the Garbage Pail Kid movie. Did you ever see that? No, I never saw that movie. Uh, you, you really should. I'll have to get the Scream Factory release. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Get it, man. That's what I figured. Like He was a guy that was thrust into this and he had to keep these guys in line so they wouldn't wreak havoc on the world. And that I mean, why would he call and say, why would he want that changeling back? He called and said, hey, listen, you have my fucking changeling. I have your boy here. Bring him back and let's fucking swap. Why would he want that fucking thing back? Let's make a deal. Yeah. I it, it's confu- I guess we'll never really know. I guess we'll never know. I, I, I want to say he wasn't evil, but you guys seem to think that he was an abusive fucking hobgoblin guy. Whether he was evil or not, the, the whole idea is that they were free. Whether they were free to just live on the farm and be good or go out and wreak havoc they were sparing this boy to his mother so if one can stab one guy in the hand and choke him with a belt and cut off his hand why couldn't several kill fucking that guy big earl he knew how to handle him he said it oh that's right i guess that gun goes a long way (laughs) yeah big earl i I, he didn't really look like he knew how to handle them but i mean he was just kicking him big earl Because Brandon said it was. I don't know. I'm getting this on Wikipedia. <laughs> it says it says Scott is a police officer, but this doesn't stop him from going into the woods owned by Big Earl. <laughs> this could be some lunatic who wrote this. It might not be Big Earl at all, but he was a big guy. He looked like an Earl. I can buy Big Earl. Yeah, it does seem to fit. Uh, anyway. Holy Shit. Fuck. <laughs> okay, so that's that. So that's that's Tree Family in a nutshell. And um, I think we go in the spoilers then. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Really, everything else is well. If we didn't spoil that one enough, for yeah, we we spoiled that one, but we let we let the Krampus one uh, open for discussion. And the Santa, and, yeah. Yeah, and the main one. The okay, let's do Krampus quick. Then we'll do the Krampus spoiler quick. Here's my thing, straight up. Why? She just killed fucking Krampus. Am I correct? She put a fucking thing through She him. killed Krampus, who was the, um... The ants. Yeah. Caretaker. The, the, the caretaker, oh, yeah. The fuck out. Thank you. I couldn't, what? yeah. Why would the... Why? Why was he Krampus? Why wasn't it just Krampus? Why she explains that Krampus can basically possess someone's body if they're filled with a lot of anger. And when he got angry because the kid broke the thing she could see that he was going to be possessed by Krampus. That's why she kicked him out of the house and put the uh, crucifix on the front door to protect herself until morning. Because she said, well, you know, you're safe until morning, until the sun comes up. I've been pretty angry before in my life, too. I've never once Krampused out. (laughs) Not once. Just, uh, it would, but it's odd. Like, I never thought Krampus was a person, but then they, that's what you said. They explained it that anybody can be him, or I guess he can. Yeah. So when Caprice, the daughter, found this out when the aunt was telling him that, and she put it together that they sent the family out there basically to be food for Krampus, uh, she became overwhelmed with anger and turned into Krampus herself, and that's how it ended. It's some of the worst CGI. Yeah, it was. I I, I hyperbole these things because I typically ever worst cgi ever it wasn't the worst ever but it was pretty no, goddamn no. bad i mean for the for the heightened production value that the rest of the movie has that cgi was really bad <laughs> i agree it was bad i just i guess i can accept that explanation you gave i just it was just weird she just fucking killed krampus 
took it to him, said, Merry Christmas, motherfucker, or whatever she said, burned his ass, then goes in the house, and she's just this chick, Caprice, just this fucking chick, talking to this guy, and she just turns into the fucking Krampus? After she, after the aunt tells her the story, and she realizes that the aunt basically was sacrificing the family. So she got so mad because she got of so that. mad and transformed into Krampus herself. And then Big Girl came in and had a couple of changelings <laughs> with him. No. <laughs> that would have been better. That's a classic anthology sort of capper. Like I mean, yeah, you know, like the punchline. They they do the setup. It's always a quick segment, and then boom, there's the yeah. There's that's the little, you, you, for this one. I didn't mind it. That's yeah. how you want that kind of like anthology. Then just like oh, she's Krampus. Ah. <laughs> I guess so. I just wish she didn't. If she would not have killed Krampus a minute before, I would have been more accepting of it. I just, I didn't like the fact that she just killed him and she just turned into him. Like, what the fuck? I don't. Yeah, care. like maybe, maybe it would have been better if um he, the uh, caretaker was like banging on the window and he was fine. He wasn't Krampus anymore, and he's yelling yes! at the ant to get out of there. And then she turns into Krampus. Even something, yeah, but she still just, but she still just killed Krampus, so it doesn't matter. No, he, the the caretaker was Krampus, so she doesn't kill him. She runs, she gets to the house, the aunt lets her in, and then Gerhardt, who's the caretaker's name, trust me, mm-hmm. on this, it's on Gerhard, Wikipedia. I wrote it down. I wrote it's it down on Wikipedia. It I has to be true. Yeah. It does, just just like fucking Big Earl. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, I don't understand know. why she said that because she said something about fucking. You kicked Gerhardt out of here because of something or other, and you put a crucifix on the door. I'm yeah, like, who she, the fuck is Gerhardt? Yeah, she what? kicked him out because she saw he was getting angry and he was going to turn into Krampus. He was getting angry because the kid fucking broke the statue, correct? Yeah, that little bastard. Didn't she get angry because he broke the statue, or she didn't she, give a fuck? She was too old. So basically, if you're mellow, it's okay. I think she was having an affair with Big Girl. <laughs> that was a tie-in. Yeah. That, that would have been a better one. Spoiler, that was the big wraparound, people. That's it? At the end of the movie? At the end, Edda and Big Girl give birth to the baby from that school story. (laughs) From the school story? (laughs) (laughs) That would have been better, honestly. I would have loved that to fucking cap off the movie. (laughs) Holy shit. Okay, I can accept that, I guess. It's not as bad anymore. I can see that. But I'm first watching this movie. I'm like, she just killed Krampus. Now she turned into Krampus. What the fuck am I watching? (laughs) That's why I asked what the plural, the plural of Krampus was at the beginning, because there's a lot of Krampus in this movie. I think this movie, though, is just... Not that it was bad. I mean, it was entertaining, but the big the big reveal in the end is just saves this movie. Agreed. It brought it up like a fucking point. <laughs> That's how you it, end your you movie, know what? It, to be honest. Yeah. It brought it up a point for me, too. Yes. A whole point. Yes. Yes, it did. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. And I told my wife that. Those are my words. I go, well, I go, there you go. I said, you know what? Awesome. That just fucking brought everything up a point. I said, that's just what I said to her. That's great. I really paid no mind to Storm and Norman at the beginning of the movie. I thought it was funny that, you know, they're picking on him and and then he holds up the punk Christmas sign. What's his name? Uh, Storm and Norman. Storm and Norman. (laughs) He's the the weatherman. Santa. So he acted like he hated Christmas, but he really loved it. That's what I don't get. He said, fuck Christmas to Shatner. When he put up that sign. But he was playing a fucking mall Santa? I think he was saying fuck Christmas because he was a mall Santa. He didn't want to be a mall Santa. Yeah, I have a feeling most mall Santas don't want to be mall Santas. Hmm. Yeah. And instead that of might killing, be a very Jewish thing to say. Instead of him being on a rampage. <laughs> was so just for the list, I'm just saying it's just for the listeners. Though, so instead of him being on a rampage killing rabbit elves, he's actually hacking up innocent people. At and employees, yeah. 
at the mall. At the mall, yeah. And throughout the whole movie, when they go back to William Shatner, he's getting reports in saying, you know, not knowing clearly what the story is, but that people should stay away from the mall. Police are on scene. There are hostages. There's yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's hostages. Yeah. Um, we haven't heard from Norman. And you just don't put it together. I mean, I didn't no. put it together. I thought I missed something. I'm like, what is he talking about? Then he brought it up again and again. I'm like, I'm fucked up. I'm like, I don't understand this. So I thought it was just me. Then at the end, I was like, oh, oh. Yeah, he has the big showdown with Krampus, and he hits Krampus, and all of a sudden you hear a voice saying, Norman, stop it. And it turns out it's like uh, one of the mall managers just wearing antlers. (laughs) Like, he didn't even look at anything like Krampus. It was just like. A regular guy wearing antlers. Yeah, it could have been anybody. It could have been but again, it, it was so fun, and it was such a great like. It was an awesome yeah, reveal. <laughs> reveal. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. I was fucking. That was blown away. I was like, oh, okay. And then they showed everything, and yeah, they showed Mrs. Claus was actually just like some girl who was some employee who was hiding in the, the storage closet. Mm-hmm. You know, because he killed her because he thought she turned infected, but he was just delusional at that point. Dude just fucking snapped. Yeah. Just snapped, and that was really cool. And I, I like, I like how they tied it in with him being the employee with with Shatter that said "fuck Christmas." They yeah. didn't have to do that. They could just could have been any fucking thing. They could yeah, have just Sh- left that part completely well, Really, out. but that was the tie to Shatter. Then that re- really would have been the only tie to Shatter, and that's why he said. That well, and he was, and been... he was the grandfather. And what? he was the what? He was the grandfather of Caprice and Duncan. What? Oh, I didn't know that. How did yeah, that tie he, in? He, he picks up a card at one point. He's looking at it, and it says um, something like to our to our like best grandfather, and it's it's the family that was in the Krampus story. Oh, yeah. So that whole family's just fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. So that like the kid is just gonna take after Grandpa. If the, if the little boy survived, he would have been just like. Grandpa. Oh no! Yeah, the little no, the little boy's gone. He just has a, a granddaughter who can turn into Krampus now. Yeah. <laughs> I smell a sequel. Yeah, no, it was funny because he was even when he said, you know, we we joke around with Norman and we give him a hard time. Then, like two seconds after that, he says, "I think Norman has a master's degree from Columbia or somewhere yeah. like that." How depressing! Yeah. Like, so, I was like, "That's so funny." I thought he like ad libbed some of those lines because they just seemed to come off so natural too. But that's why I did want like I I just said it at the beginning of us talking about this movie, and I'll say it again because I like to repeat uh, that just one more capper with uh, the Shatner would have been great. Like just something, just to end it off with a uh, another note. It, it, it ended fine, but I just thought maybe. Like the girl he talked to, or something. Yeah, if they had tied it into Susan, that actually would have been really cool. <laughs> Just something Absolutely. else. One last little boop, and then final credits. I agree. That would that definitely would have taken it. Just yeah, it would have been the fucking cherry on top. That know? would have given it another half a point. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. It really would have. It's and that happens sometimes. Sometimes the way a movie wraps up really makes a difference in the overall experience. Like the movie Krampus, for example, and when you guys see it. You'll see what I'm talking about because the last ten minutes of that movie, I'm watching that movie, and it could have gone anywhere from a seven to a nine, based upon the fucking the things that were presented to us and and what they ultimately went with. Really? So I'm si- yeah, oh yeah, yep. Wait till you see it. it mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to say that I'm going to see at least a seven. So then, what is your uh, what would you rate this movie then, Dave? I would I would rate this one a seven as well. I give this movie a seven straight up. You know what? So do I. I uh, that's exactly the number that I had uh, written down. 
And I even during our talks, I, I mean, not, it's not all perfect. There's a couple like a, but even the week segment, I enjoyed it. It had a couple scary parts to it. So acting was good. Production value was high. It's a fun watch. I'll probably, you know what, pop it on every holiday season just at least once to check it out. I liked it better than the Silent Night remake. Um, I kind of like the. I don't know. It's hard to say. I'm probably, <laughs> I'm probably pretty close with that one. I'll tell you what. I like Krampus better than all those movies. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, hey, I'm looking for. I, I got to check that out too. Yeah, me but too. I, I had this as a six and a half before we started the conversation. So this one went up. That's the other one went down a half. This one went up a half. So it's funny because I had it as a six and a half, but the ending, like I said, gave it a whole extra point. So I came in at seven point five. Nice. I'm always coming in high. I'm going to be the guy who comes in too high. <laughs> I lost all credibility. No yeah. way. Yeah. 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 Right. You're not too high. Who are the guest speakers that we're going to put in this place? Yeah. <laughs> I'll send you over their info. You, yeah. you just replace me. <laughs> this guy likes everything. Yeah, that's fine. No, but that, that yeah, ending that ending paired with the, the bookends of the, of the song playing. I love that fucking song. Creepy, creepy song. I've always yeah. been spooked by it. Even when fucking Mr. Garrison, not Mr. Garrison, who the fuck is that guy in South Park with the big head? Mr. Mackey. Even when Mr. Mackey sang it on the South Park episode, it was <laughs> there was a bunch of Mr. Mackeys over and over again. Ring, ling, a ling, ding, 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 and it was it. <laughs> and even that version was scary to me. That song just always spooked me out. I don't know what to tell you. It's just, it's always spooked me out, man. Ever since the first time I go, this is not a Christmas song. This is a fucking, belongs in a horror movie. And sure enough, they finally fucking put it in one. I'm happy for that. And yeah, you guys got to go see Krampus. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I'll check it out, man. Now that movie, that's going to be one I guarantee you're going to watch every Christmas from now on. Hopefully. Hopefully by the next show, when we do our year-end wrap-up, you guys have seen it. No, I definitely am. I want to I wanna at least have it as an option for, for the list. Well, considering it might end up in my fucking top ten, you should better go see it. Yeah. You should better. That That's good grammar. That's number 153 on my list. You should better go see it. You should, you should better. better go see it. That's going to be our slogan from now on. If we like a movie, you should better go, you should better go see it. We just started an episode two right there. Boom. Done. I'm cramp-eyed out, though. I'm pretty cramp-eyed out at the point. Cramp-eyed. I'm cramp-eyed. Yeah, we've created a few terms already. Yeah. Cramp-eyed out. <laughs> so, yeah, well, I guess we'll talk about next show. It's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be a year-end wrap-up. And awesome. That's really all we know. We're gonna see. Uh, we're gonna probably give our top tens. I anticipate we're just gonna talk about a lot of the movies that have come out this year. Maybe categorize them. We'll see what it is. I, I can tell you one thing. We're probably not gonna have a movie review. It's probably gonna be just talking about a bunch of movies of 2015. So beautiful. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. be something. Uh, but I'll tell you what. I don't know how many Christian has seen. Uh, I know that Brandon's seen fucking 180 or something like yeah. that. Yeah, it'll probably be 180 Crazy. by the time the show airs, so I'll probably need about two to three days to, to cover my uh, synopsis of each one. <laughs> you see? And, 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 I've, and I've seen probably uh, 80 or something like that. So Yeah, it's funny. This year, I consider, like, I've just started ramping up, as I was telling you earlier, uh, just recently. I, I'm way behind on 2015. Well, you know, I, I did that. I did that last year, Christian. I I waited till like December, and then I did the free uh, trial of Prime, and I probably watched like thirty, forty movies like in December, and I only saw probably like seventy movies last year. Well, this is good. This is getting me back into my uh, into my Prime 
Forget Amazon Prime, just my Prime. <laughs> no, one one fifty is way too many. Way too many. Like I put on movies Please. knowing like this isn't going to be a, a contender. Like why am I watching this? Yeah, yeah. I I've, I've I've intentionally avoided a few movies because I've heard not one good thing about them. Yeah. So I just decided to say, you know what? If nobody likes it, I'll take the fall and not watch it. Maybe eventually I will, but I I have a feeling it's not going to be in my top ten. So I'm probably not going to watch it. So, but I still watch the shitload. Don't get me wrong. But, yeah, you know, we'll we'll get to that when we get to that. That's next show. Before we go, I just want to thank everybody for listening, and please like and share, and subscribe to us. I mean, we're on we're on iTunes now, so you can subscribe. Uh, you know, share our our shows when they come out. Yeah, Do whatever please. you can. Yeah, yeah. Please. And yeah, join the Facebook page. Yeah. Especially the group page. Ask for, go in there, say yeah. join group, and we'll accept you. The like page is cool. It's something, but you just like it and there it is. And we'll post something. And for some reason, those regular Facebook pages don't really get the action that the group pages do. It's the way yeah. it always is. I learned that with, with the uh, the Banana Laser thing too. Same shit. We have like a thousand people on Banana Laser. I could put up a question and I'm lucky to get two responses. Meanwhile, the other page has 500 people in it. I could put up a question. I can get fucking anywhere from whatever five to fucking 35 responses or what it depends on what it is but the group page is where because everybody can interact there anyone that wants to post there can post where the, the regular facebook page that you just like only we can post only the admins and that's it so i didn't even realize there were two pages <laughs> yeah so yep. but yeah the group page is what it's all about everyone should get on the group page yeah get on the group page give feedback tell us what you like what you don't like what yes. you'd like us to do for future shows yeah, say anything you Absolutely. want. Absolutely, everything. Yeah. And, and email us. We have the, uh, the Exploding Heads Horror Podcast at gmail.com. So we're there. Email us with questions, concerns, fucking whatever. Whatever you want to do, put it on there. Spread the word. Get, get involved because we're just, we're just babies here. So we want to we wanna grow this thing up. So And we're on the Twitter at EH Horror Podcast. That's our Twitter. I'm so new to the Twitter thing that it's weird to say it. So that's where we are. So does anybody have anything to add before we uh, say goodbye? No, just thanks thanks for listening, and I'm looking forward to episode three. Can't wait for the year-end show. Absolutely. Yeah, it should be good. Uh, Brandon, do you have any more, uh, any more specs, or did I cover it? I think you covered everything. All right. Well, you can find us. We're around. So horrorphilia.com. We're all over the place on that now. And subscribe. Get on iTunes and subscribe to us. And there you have it. So we will see you next show. Hope everybody enjoyed themselves. And we'll do, we'll do the year-end wrap-up for episode three. For Brandon, for Christian, and for myself. So thank you, and we'll see you next show. Have a good one.